Hello and welcome to the Survivor Historians, the number one fans of all-stars of all Survivor fans on the internet. As always, I am Mario Lanza. I'm Jay Fisher, and I don't think that's true. And I'm Mike Bloom, and like Boston Rob, I also proposed to my fiancé next to an awkward-looking man with a blue mohawk. Yeah, Mike, you did propose, didn't you? I did. Since we've last, since we've last convened, I have proposed. A lot has changed in the time we have uh, been away. You have gone from boy chick to, to, to mandrick. Well, I have to keep following the Paul path, so, you know, <laughs> engagement was the next milestone. All right, so we should start interviewing new temps, basically. <laughs> new single temps, and then they have to get engaged. It's the, it's the circle of life. Yeah. Mike's going to, he's like, I just accepted a post in Liechtenstein. <laughs> great. Be great. How's, the, how's their internet? Is their internet good? Yeah, they've, they've got great internet there, so I, I, that was the first thing I checked out. Excellent. Take that, Germany. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're going to jump right into All-Stars here because we still have to talk about like half the season and we only have one episode to do it. So we are going to dig Fine right into uh, okay. part three of All-Stars, but I, there's a couple things I have to mention before going into this. Uh, one thing, uh, I, I feel silly I even have to mention this, but again, we are the historians. We are here to bring you the truth about Survivor. A lot of people are wondering... Why all the Jenna Lewis jokes? Where are these Jenna Lewis jokes coming from? And again, I feel silly that I have to explain this. So in the interest of uh, making someone explain a, an awkward a topic, I'm going to make the temp do it. Temp, would you explain to our listeners why we're making all the Jenna Lewis jokes, what that's coming from? I would be more than happy to. Uh, <laughs> so uh, shortly after the finale of Survivor All-Stars, a rather uh, precarious tape was released onto the internet of one Jenna Lewis. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong in the details, but this was made before she went on Survivor All-Stars, correct? And it just happened to get leaked right after the finale aired? Having not been there when they were taping it, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing that's something to do with that. The, time yeah, that's, the timeline seems accurate. I don't know if she taped it before or after she went out for Survivor All-Stars, but it clearly was taped before the show ended. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was her I mean, wedding night, right? I, I actually believe so. I might have... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I heard this from a friend. A friend told me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, so there was a sex tape. Jenna Lewis in a sex tape on her honeymoon. It was released all over the internet. So if you're wondering where all these Jenna Lewis jokes coming from, we're referencing her sex tape, which was very well known at the time. And uh, that, yeah, <laughs> there's not much more I can say about that. That's where they're coming from. And there will be more. I'm so proud to be on this show. <laughs> All right. Speaking of topics and poor taste, someone uh, on Survivor Sucks pointed this out to me. I have to bring this up, too, that um, if you weren't watching the season, you wouldn't know this because they don't have it on the DVD. But the big promotion, the big sponsor promotion during All-Stars was I think Tylenol was the big sponsor. And they had a promotion every week called Pushing Through the Pain. Where after ever after every episode was on TV, the fans could vote in, and it was like a precursor to the fan fo- fan favorite voting. It was like the pushing through the pain award. Who who did the best job that week? Who who suffered through the most adversity? And someone pointed out on sucks. Oh, you have to mention this on historians that I completely forgot about this. The week that after Sue, you know, her little whole assault, and then she left the game in tears. The fans actually voted Sue as the winner of the pushing through the pain award, and they had to announce it on the air, which is maybe the worst taste thing that's ever happened on Survivor that the fans wanted to 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 celebrate that. It's just I mean that's got to be the one of the worst things that has ever happened to a sponsor that 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 their product was was uh, associated with that scene on the air and and I think it's hilarious that Survivor had to air that. 
just, just showing that America's full of horrible, horrible people. <laughs> yes. So, yes, America voted for Sue that she pushed through the pain the most that week. So, congratulations, America. You know, people that complain that Survivor fans have poor taste or they're kind of assholes on the internet now, like, that's not new. They've been like that since day one. And I'm proud to say, yes, Sue won that award. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we jump into part three here? We're not, yeah, we're not the ones that usually like to do all these preambles. It's you. So, Mario, is there something you would like to talk about before we start? I do. Funny. Thank you for bringing oh that up. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> no, you're, this just, is... you're just like billing us, bringing us in just so you can mention it. Yeah, you're my setup, man. You got to set me up. <laughs> okay, no, this is an actual email from a reader, and I will... I will read this one seriously. Um, it's a reader named Kate McLaughlin, and she wrote in just the other day and said, I know you guys hate the season, but try to have a little fun with it. There are a few fans like me that actually like All-Stars and would love to hear as much as possible about it. So we will keep that in mind. We will try not to trash the season that hard, Kate. And thank you for the email. You're wrong, Kate. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, let's, let's cut this fucking season apart like a shark. <laughs> Where the hell did we leave off? Uh, we left off with the, we did the Colby and uh, Ethan votes. Okay, so we're going right into the twist here, the <coughs> rigged twist where uh, Amber got the buff. All right, ready for so that is one? This, is this episode nine? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, I a- guess, technically, technically speaking, because I think the the recap was between those two episodes. Yeah. So, it, so it's I think it's technically episode ten of the series, but episode nine of like the season progression, if that makes sense. Yes. So we're going to go right into episode nine, and I just have in my notes, Colby and Ethan are gone now, thanks Lex. And that's really the, the theme of the rest of the season. That's where we're going to go here. Okay, so let's see. So early on, we get some stuff where Rupert and Tom are, are there, and it's like, yay, Rupert and Tom, you're not that great at Survivor, hooray. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to, to, to think anything we need to talk about with any of this. Um, the old- Kathy, Kathy has a nice moment when... They get the paint in the tree mail, and Kath, you know everyone thinks it's a merge. And Kathy has a nice quote of like, "If I was a betting woman in Vegas, I would say we were merging today." And I always imagine like Sean Rector pops out of a bush and is like, "Gotta always bet on black," and then disappears. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that's really significant about this paint scene is that both tribes get paint, and the fun tribe, the Shapiras, all paint themselves and do fun survivor stuff. And the tribe that's not fun, the Kathy and Lex business tribe, don't do anything because they don't feel like it. So that's really, again, a metaphor for the season again. It it is a metaphor for the season. And I mean, you know, I feel like, look, All-Stars is not a great season. I'm going to repeat it again. I'm sorry, Kathy, that wrote in. All-Stars is not a great season. However, there are some things you can take out of this this season. One of them is that you need to have some some levity in this game. You can't, you know, you can be all business, but you sort of have to see all the stuff that's around it. Mogo Mogo as a tribe was just so workmanlike and and not workmanlike in a good way. They were just really tense about everything. And, you know, Kathy mentioned it when she was over on the boat with Shapira uh, when she got kidnapped for that reward. She just said, they're having fun over here and we forgot that. And I think that is actually pretty legitimate. And then it sort of is echoed in the scene where they show up. You know, Shapira was painting themselves and, and the stuff and you get to see a fun little clip of them doing it. And then they show up and Jeff's like, come on in, guys. And then he's like, hey, Shapira, you're all, you're all painted up. And then he's like, Mogo Mogo, you didn't do anything. And yes. it's like, no, they didn't, did they? I mean, then, Lex has got the fun line where he says something like, my canvas is full because he's got yeah. all the tattoos, but it's like, 
Oh, God, Mogo Mogo, Jesus Christ. You guys are like the most depressing-ass tribe ever. And this really was the first season where no one was really in it for the experience. At least half of the player, players weren't really in it for the experience. I mean, if you go back to the first seven seasons, everyone's learning and growing and enjoying it for what it is. And then, yeah, this is kind of a, a big uh, dash of cold water on what Survivor is when you have players just basically going through the motions on Mogo Mogo. It is kind of depressing to watch. And I think it shows an interesting dichotomy of the two tribes in that I feel like Mogo Mogo, not only do are they the not fun tribe, I think they also think they're the more mature tribe. They feel yeah. like Shapira is full of like all the immature goofs because when Jeff asks it to challenge, you know, Kathy, why hasn't Mogamoga decided to paint themselves? She kind of makes this joke of, oh, you know, we're the civil tribe. We like to conserve. We like to save things. But I think, you know, there's a little truth in that humor there. I think it carries through to the next episode with Boston Rob. They feel like they kind of have the moral higher ground just because of the people that they are. Yeah, I wouldn't dispute that. So All right, they, so this, they do that ahead. thing like in Thailand, right? Like after this where they get together and then Jeff's like, Hey, get into an order, and then we will, you know, we'll have a conversation with someone in the other tribe. Didn't they do this in Thailand, where, like, at the fake merge, where, like, they went off with one other person? Yeah, with the only difference that in Thailand, they all painted themselves. That's true. They all painted. <laughs> yeah, so. They all painted themselves, and, and Ted looked like an Oscar statue. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this one, they all get a private conversation with someone else on the other tribe, except for, if I believe, was it Amber and Jenna Lewis get to have the girls' night out of, of Shapira girls. But right. Because yeah. yeah. they, they had too many. So. Yeah. And Jenna complains about how, like, oh, they have to go find out about each other. That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny. I'm going through my notes here. I have nothing interesting during this whole scene. Like no, I, just, I, I wrote down nothing. Because you know they're all just talking, and they're all you know a lot of them are just like, oh, you think it's a merge? I think it's a merge. Oh, isn't this great? We got some food. <laughs> Do you think it's a merge? And you know it's just kind of setting up the next thing where you know they're they're coming up to things, and uh, then uh, uh, Jeff says, drop your buffs. Well, yeah. I mean, you think it's weird to have private conversations with people you already know. Yeah, like there was a different weird. variable in Thailand. Right. Like, they oh didn't, yeah. They didn't know, and yeah. All right. So maybe, yeah. So now we're to the the big twist of the season, where they draw buffs. Now this, we got a lot of emails, and you know, I would, I, I know that you've got emails, Mario, for the end, the the listener questions. But I am guessing that we can cut about half of them right now because I bet you half of the emails are, wasn't this shit rigged? You are the smartest man on radio, J, in J, radio Jay Fisher. But yes, that is most of the listener questions are exactly that. Talk about how rigged that twist was. Now, you're going to get different answers from different people. For those of you who are following at home or not following at home or, or trying to remember what happens, basically Jeff Probst is like, drop your buffs. And then he says for everyone to reach into an urn. And everyone's thinking that like some merge color is going to come out. But I think, what is it, Rob or whomever picks first, or I don't know who, I think it was Rob, and yeah, he picks first, Rob. and he gets, he pulls out a green buff, and Jeff's like, Rob, you are now a member of Mogo Mogo, and obviously we're like, oh shit, it's not a merge, they're now mixing up the tribes, but the problem is, is that as the scene goes along, everyone who picks a buff in the urn is picking out the exact opposite buff from what they had. So if you were a Shapira member, you were pulling out green Mogo Mogo buffs. And if you were a Mogo Mogo member, you were pulling out red Shapira buffs. So even though they're in this guise of mixing up the tribes, what happens is all the way to the end, everyone has picked the same tribe, just flip-flopped camps and, and colors. And so it finally gets to the end. But as we mentioned earlier, Shapira had two extra members, and the buffs in there are equal. So one Shapira member is going to become a member of Mogo Mogo or, you know, remain with their 
with, I guess, the new Mogo Mogo, and one Shapira member is actually going to switch tribes with the other tribe. And that person happens to be... The other half of our showmans. The (laughs) other half of our showmans. So basically what happens is is that the, the tribe mates, everybody on the beach picks a buff. Everybody picks a buff that corresponds with the same tribe they were already on, except for Amber, who pulls the buff to go with the other tribe, the old Mogo Mogos, the new Shapira tribe. So everyone who looks at this thing says, oh my god, that is too coincidental to be a coincidence or too non-coincidental to be just, you know, random happenstance. It has to be rigged. Did they rig this to break Robin Amber up? Well, what adds fuel to the fire on that is I know Jerry, I believe it was, was on a on Survivor Oz a couple months ago, and she did an interview where she she's the one that kind of has floated that theory. She said, well, the buffs were in an urn a certain way, and you could only draw the one on top. There was no way to reach around and grab a different buff. So they were in a sp- specific order, and they had to pick that order. So I don't know. I never spent two seconds thinking this was rigged or anything. It just seemed weird to me, but that's kind of where that comes from. Jerry's the one who's kind of floated that, and that's why it's kind of gained this uh, this credence over the last couple months where this might have been rigged. So so blame Jerry for yet another thing, I guess. It is a little odd that, that Jeff tells them to line up in their order so that it alternates, you know, Rob, Rupert, Lex, Tom, all that stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's very odd just because I feel like if two people had just switch places in, in lines. Things could have been absolutely different. So, I mean, again, we weren't there. Production could have specifically told them to, you know, it, two people could have stood in, in an opposite order and then the producers tell them to switch so that it's every other person. If that's the case, then maybe. But, like, I mean, we, you guys have talked about this in the past with Borneo. I personally don't think there's much produ- producer manipulation out there. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think if they had done it, they had to be thinking about, like, if they did this and Amber got voted out, how would that be perceived by the audience? You know, Amber wasn't a big character on the season, obviously, but it would raise, raise a huge, huge outcry about how the show was rigging it to get rid of Amber. Yeah, see, to me, I'm thinking if they would have rigged the show, they wouldn't have done it in such an obvious way. That's what always jumps out at to me about it. It's just so such a weird weird drawing. I mean, statistically, you shouldn't have drawn the opposite buff every time, but if they're going to rig it, they're not going to do it in such an obvious way where it just jumps out like that. Like, There's more subtle ways they rigged stuff in Borneo. So to me, again, I never thought it was rigged. I just thought it was weird, but who knows? I mean, with the, with the Jerry stuff, now that adds a whole different layer to it. To me, rigging is more what they're doing around the game. Because as I, I've mentioned it on this podcast before, Survivor was an incredibly brave show because, you know, putting the show in the hands of the contestants is a really risky thing, you know, and, and, you know, with Borneo, they did manipulate a lot of situations, but at the very end, it is the survivors themselves that are writing someone's name on the parchment and sending someone home and voting someone a million dollars. That's not in the producer's hands. So, you know, they, they can do some things like, for example, um, and I, I'll mention this in a couple seasons when they get there, but I've, I've mentioned this on the show before. Survivor Palau, the fact that Oolong kept losing, you know, and they kept expecting there to be a tribe shuffle or a tribe switch or something like that, and they didn't. It just They just kept going, and Oolong kept losing and losing and losing until they ba- finally got decimated. And to me, it's like, I bet you the producers just saw this losing streak by Oolong, and maybe they had a tribe switch plan, but they were like, no, 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 no let's not. Let's just let this play out and see. And then maybe if Oolong won a challenge, maybe they did a tribe switch. But like 
that's not producer manipulation in the sense that like they're going out there and you know rigging this that they just they can put a, a direction that the game's going to go in modern survivor seasons there's a lot of discrepancy on whether a hidden immunity of idol goes back into play after it's been used or something like that or not that's just a, a subtle thing that they can do but to me that's not like over like you know they are choosing exactly what buff you are picking out of this urn that seems really difficult to do yeah well the the one thing i always come back to is why would they rig it like what do they have to gain like in borneo there was lots to gain yeah. for them to do stuff in this one like they had a showmance on the show for the first time ever, and you know they were dying for something like that. Yeah, so, and they broke up the yeah, showmance. It just doesn't seem like it just – who benefits from them rigging? Yeah, it, it breaks up Robin Amber, but I don't think they wanted to break up Robin Amber. I mean that is that is a big talking point of the biggest season in Survivor history up to that point. I mean how much media attention was around it. So it just, it just doesn't pass the sniff test that they'd want to break that up. It leads, though, to probably the scene that – like really infuriates me and pisses me off about this season even though it is sort of genuine emotion i just get so upset it's one of the things that sort of starts to turn me off like we've talked about how this you know now with the last couple boots the colby boot and the ethan boot a lot of the fun is being taken out of this game because it's you know very mogo mogo centric and they're so damn depressing and it's all this workman like all business sort of thing but like okay so amber is the only real Shapira member left on Shapira and all the new Mogo Mogos go over there and you get this shot. They have a food at their new camp and you know, the, all the Mogo Mogos are like, Holy shit, this Shapira camp is the best. No wonder they won that challenge a few episodes ago. And you know, they're brushing their teeth and having fun little scenes like that. You know, and Amber's like, Oh, I kind of got screwed here. But then you get this scene where the old Shapiras are at the new Mo are at the Mogo Mogo camp and they show up there, and Alicia's just like, this sucks, everything's in disarray, the shelter sucks, everything's blah, 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 and they get their food, and then you have this incredibly painfully awkward scene of the new Mogo Mogo tribe eating their lunch, and no one's talking, and they all look just fucking depressed. <laughs> and, like, Boston Rob just looks like someone shot his puppy, right? Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that everyone is sort of taking their cues from Rob, and, and you know, instead of, like, having a rally and cry, like, hey, man, we've got to pull this together, like, you know, then Rupert says, like, you know, Amber should really be here. <laughs> Everyone's like, uh, it really sucks that Amber isn't here. And everyone's just like, oh, Rob, it really sucks that Amber isn't here. It's just like, no one's like, let's make lemonade, people. Everyone's like, oh, Amber's not here. And I'm just like, that, that's about the time where I start throwing a shoe at the television. Yeah. I do have to say, though, right before that, there's a really nice moment where when Amber leaves and then uh, Jenna and Alicia kind of go over and hug her. And it's one of the nicer scenes in the second half of all stars it's kind of there's some genuine emotion right there and then we get to the part where everything gets depressing yes mm-hmm. that's what well, that's what the entire like the middle third of the episode is basically dedicated to like rob and amber the lovers torn asunder they have a nice little like american tale moment where like rob staring into the fire and then it dissolves into a shot of amber staring into the fire so clearly survivor is like building building this up which again you have to question why they would rig it if this is like their big. This was their huge story of this episode, and for the next and for the next couple of episodes, why would they want to blow that to smithereens? Yep. All right. And I will again. I will say I don't like again. I preface this every time. I'm not really a big fan of Boston Rob and All Stars at all, but he's got some awesome badass quotes, and one of his better ones is right here, where he's like, uh, "I don't care that the other team has our possessions. What aggravates me is they have my girl over there." That's <laughs> just. It's just kind of a, a very Boston Rob way of saying things like I'm going to make I'm going to get my girl back. So, 
I guess the thing about this episode is it starts off the controversy, but to start off the controversy, we get a challenge that all of us, you know, this was one of these things at the time. We all kind of thought that there would be a challenge like this in Survivor All-Stars, and it happened. And I was actually very excited for that at the time. It turned out to be really, really fucking basic, but, you know... (laughs) You were like, you know, you have to know that they're going to do a trivia challenge about Survivor history. They're going to do it, right? They're totally going to do a challenge like that, right? Mm -hmm. And they did! Yeah, they totally paid homage to the earlier season. I mean, again, I just love a lot of the choices the producers made in All-Stars. That's one of them. Um, I like, so, new Shapiro has that scene where they're reviewing, and Mario, you talked about it a little on the Funny 115, and that Jerry still (laughs) doesn't let go of the fact that Yes. That Kel had to be jerky. But I also love the fact that, like, when she's running through facts, she also mentions that Keith couldn't cook the rice. So, That's like, like a- I'm just imagining, like, them at the challenge, and Jeff's like, in Survivor Australia, who couldn't cook the rice? Yeah. And Jerry's like, I got this from the bag, guys. I love yeah. that, you know, I know that Survivor All Star was like, or sorry, Survivor Australia was like the big season. I get that. But, like, what's funny is that, like, how well you know your history, right? And then. They just smash cut to Jerry and like Jerry is rattling off facts and it's all from Survivor Australia, which, you know, that's the season she was on. I get it. But, you know, it's just like, well, you know, Jerry, there's there's six other seasons around that one, too, that, the you know, because she's just like, all right, Mike fell in the fire. Mike caught the pig. uh, Keith couldn't cut rice. uh, Kel got shot with beef beef jerky. And I'm like, and, uh, you know, other seasons happen, Jerry. I'm just saying I'm just saying. Well, yeah, I mean, I wrote about it. Yeah, like Mike said, I wrote about it, but I want to highlight it again that. Cal never actually got caught with beef jerky in the episode. Jerry's just kind of steering the narrative there, so everyone remembers that he caught caught with something he didn't actually get caught with. So I, no. I just love I just love that. And again, she has to point out that Keith couldn't cook the rice. They're never going to ask about that. And like, it's just funny that she has to slam all her enemies one more time on camera. Oh, and Tina was a bitch. Remember that? And uh, Colby backstabbed the nice actress girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, the- and then you know, you get, it's funny because like on the new Mogo Mogo, they're like. You know, and Jenna's like, how many Jennas have played? <laughs> Two. Well, how yeah, many Robs? Four. <laughs> I was going to point out again the bad taste that they actually referenced the Ted and Gandhi moment in the tree mail. Oh, God. Yeah, Gandhi has said, what did she say? Not so close. Like, you're you're honestly, way too close. Yeah, you're she didn't honest. say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what the one sentence you want people to remember Thailand by is Gandhi and Ted. Gandhi, well, Gandhi deserves her own Tylenol moment, so she I got know. it. <laughs> Very good. But yeah, it just cracked me up when I see that Gandhi. I think, like, honestly, you that's the sentence you lead off with about Thailand. Ugh. So anyway, you know, Rob has this thing because it's really funny because let's put some modern let's put some modern thought into this because Rob is, you know, he says, you know, I promised Amber I'd take her to the end, but I got to figure out a way to get her there. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. To keep her around as long as possible over there. Pretty much the next move I make in this game is going to have consequences for everyone left in this game. Serious consequences. And you're like, Rob is talking like a badass. He's going to do everything for Amber. And it's like, if, if, you are a, if you are like half a strategic mind here, what's the play if you're Rob? Throw the challenge. Throw the challenge. Mm-hmm. Lose so that you go to tribal council, right? Rob's got all these sort of pawns and stuff like that. And it's like, how does he, you know, and everyone, they just had this scene where everyone was just, you know, whining and crying and having like a really awkward lunch because Amber should really be here. Do you think it'd be really hard if Rob just looked at it and says, we got to throw this thing? <laughs> Excellent point. Oh, that just drives me nuts. Like, yeah. that, that's a strike against Rob. Like, I, look, it all worked out. We're going to get there. It all worked out. But it's like, 
He's like, I need to make a move in this game. It's like, the move is you throw the challenge. You have to throw this challenge, and why on earth did you not? And that would just, be an easy one to throw, too. Yeah. Yeah, I just get, just, I mean, it was a very close game. Just, I mean, they each got one question wrong, but, you know, if Rob gets a Marquesas question, you could easily get it wrong, like Big Tom got the after question <laughs> wrong, and then, then they're set. I always wondered if Tom threw that challenge. Like, he didn't know what country he was in. Well, no, well, I, I don't. I don't think that he threw it because the question that they got wrong was they said, uh, what country did Survivor Africa take place in? And uh, the answer is Kenya, and their answer was Nairobi. That's the capital city of Kenya. I mean, that's probably where they flew into. Yeah. You know, on the the thing? I mean, I think Tom just didn't have it quite right. (laughs) All right, so let's get into these trivia questions here. I think the first one, if I wrote in my notes, was about Sarah from Arcasis, which... Who came the, in like Cleopatra. Yeah, the yeah. tact of the producers. There's nothing like asking Rob a question about his first girlfriend in front of his current girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, producers. That, that one I thought was a, a, decent, a decent question. Not like not super obscure, but like not super ridiculously easy to. So I liked that one. Yeah. I think and there the was next... a J for Jenna one in there somewhere. Yeah, the Dr. The, Sean question. Doc, Dr. Sean question's nice. I think the next one was in Africa, which unlikely pair shared a date at the drive-in Brandon and Frank. I think that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, I, I really have no qualm with, with the way the producers did a lot of stuff in all stars. These questions were good. And like, well, you some, actually some did have to were good. <laughs> some of them were good. The Pearl islands one, they, they only had a few episodes to work with. So the, the classic question of who, who was the mortician came out. Yeah. Oh, with, with Lex, with the classic quote. <laughs> yeah. Lex becomes creepy McCreeperson there for one second. I remember Dara. You know, Lex is creepy, but sometimes he's not creepy, too. (laughs) Yeah, well, it doesn't help matters that, like, when they're like, who is the mortician? They show that, you know, Dara bathing shot, and you're like, oh, yay, Survivor producers. (laughs) But, you know, they they had a question, like, in Borneo, what was the first gross food challenge? It was the bug larva, um, you know, which they get wrong because it's, they say grubs or something, right? Yeah, they're not specific enough. They're not specific enough in whatnot. They asked who used the alphabet strategy, Sean. Who had to be airlifted, and that's Mike Scoopin. I don't like the question. Not, I mean, it's like it's an iconic question. Mike Scoopin got airlifted because you know he fell in the fire. But I'm just like everyone knows that. That's like you know what is the name of the television show we're on now? <laughs> Nairobi. Nairobi. <laughs> and that's like later on. I think there was a what was Kel accused of smuggling into yeah. the outback? It's like that's a question, really. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna ask Jerry that. You know, Jerry, Jerry would sue if they didn't. <laughs> you know, but I liked uh, in Pearl Islands who had to be rescued during the water challenge. Yeah, take that, Austin. <laughs> All right, so we get to the end of the challenge, and it's weird calling him Shapira, but yeah, Shapira loses. That's uh, Tom, Tom and Lex's tribe. And they don't get it because they do the, do the first boots, which, you know, it seemed difficult at the time. I remember, like, trying to think about the first boots from the first seven seasons. But you look back, you're like, that is a ridiculously easy question. Now it's just like, all right, name the first boots from the first 20-whatever seasons. It's like, I could probably do it. But it's like, at least there's a lot of seasons and there's, you know, room for mistakes in there. Yeah. I will tell you the one that most people forget is Ryan Aiken. That's the one that always slips, slips by people. Mm-hmm. And John so, Raymond. Yeah, so, John Raymond. Uh, New Shapira gets screwed over by Nicole Delma. That was the one that they yes. couldn't get because they just seen they just call her. They're like, "Oh yeah, that woman with the blue dress." The girl in the blue dress. They just didn't know her name. Would they say Cam or something? Cam, yeah, I Cam. That's what they said. Cam. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So uh, Amber's tribe 
the new Shapira is going to tribal council. And this is where, I mean, I don't know, I even need to say arguably here, but arguably the most important moment of the season is about to happen right here. Right. At the end of the challenge, they, you know, uh, new, new, new Mogo Mogo wins the challenge, right? So new Shapira has to go to tribal council. So that as they're leaving, Lex is leaving and Rob sort of turns to Lex because they were sitting on bleachers for this very tame challenge. And Rob kind of grabs Lex by the elbow and then says under his breath, and we get nice, good subtitles also on the screen so we can see this, where he says, you take care of her, I'll take care of you. And Lex nods, and Rob says, if you can, if you can, I'll do my best. If, you know, and Probes is like, move it out, Lex. Yep. And this becomes somewhat significant later. Just a little bit. Only a little bit. A tiny bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like, we'll we'll talk more about this pregame alliance stuff in the next episode. But yeah, this is... uh, this is a big moment, and there's a lot more going on here than is just seen in the episode. We'll definitely talk about that, but it's all you have to know for right now is yeah, the things are going as they should, and Rob throws this curveball in there to Lex, and Lex is like, okay, and this will impact everything that happens the rest of the season and for many years afterwards within the Survivor community. So anyway, then we get the Tribal Council scramble, and it's like, look. New Shapira lost the challenge. It seems pretty str- cut and dried that they're going to just cut out Amber because that just seems how the episode is going. However, Rob has just you know, said to Lex, take care of her, I'll take care of you. So then we, it's not really scrambling what happens in the next you know, 10 to 12 minutes of, of, of footage. But what it is is it is Lex wanting to keep Amber around for Rob and then trying to justify it to everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's a... Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's it's a fascinating twelve minutes of television, and by fascinating I mean I want to just rip my tongue out. <laughs> well, one thing I always have to add is that everyone thinks this was Lex's call. It's really not a hundred percent his call. If you, if you watch the episode again, Kathy and Sheanne have to agree to it too, and so they all kind of think about it. It's not just Lex says, "Okay, this is what we're going to do." I mean, it is it really is a three person decision. It is, although you can tell that Lex is driving it. You'll, yeah. you, you'll, you'll get it that way, but you are correct. Kathy and Sheanne have to sign on, but here's the thing. They do. They do. Yeah. Although there's a great scene in there that I kind of forgot until I watched this episode where Amber's trying to convince Kathy why she should stay over Jerry, and Amber's like, you know, I'm a better player than Jerry. I'm better in the challenges than Jerry, and Kathy's like, you know, that's hardly convincing evidence to keep you around, which I thought that was funny. Yep, and then Amber decides to get on her knees and beg for mercy, which, I mean, that, that's more of a Jenna Lewis thing, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that shot always bugs me, because it looks so staged. It doesn't look like the way people naturally talk. It's like Kathy, Amber's like, look, Cameron, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beg to Kathy on my knee. Watch this. It just it doesn't ring true, the whole, that whole scene right there. No, it doesn't. And what's funny is that they're talking, Amber's talking with Kathy, and it's funny because she mentions something along the lines of, she says, like, I think at the end it'll be you and Lex and me and Rob and Tom. And it's funny because Tom is just the the silent murderer in all of this <laughs> yeah. sort of thing. Because, you know, Amber's painting this out like, you know, yeah, Lex is with Tom and that's good for you. But it's like he's not. He's with Rob. And it's like because we know that, you know, Amber's basically saying, I think at the end we'll have three and you'll have two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like how is this, again, just like I'm better in challenges and a better player. It's like. How are you selling this, Amber? This this isn't a good sell. 
Well, yeah, it's. I've heard a lot of people. I mean, I, I, I will defend Amber winning All Stars to the death. I love that she won All Stars. I think she was the perfect winner for such a joke of a season. But everyone says, well, she convinced Kathy and Lex to keep her around. I'm like, not really. Like, I don't. I think Amber had about zero percent to do with any of this. I think they were scared to death of Rob and/or wanted to cur- curry favor with Rob. I think Amber had nothing to do with why she stayed. And if you watch it, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have to try to give her as much credit as possible but yeah i completely agree it's really it's more about the shadow of rob yeah they're scared of him than anything yeah it's just weird and then lex pulls the same old lex shit where he's gonna go tell the person who's gonna get voted out because he won't blindside them so then it gets all awkward and uncomfortable just because again it's lex trying to be honorable but it just makes for weird uncomfortable tv every time and i know a lot of people say this is just one of those infuriating scenes where they get rid of Jerry, even though there's no reason to get rid of her. And I, I have no argument with that. That's absolutely correct. There's no reason to get rid of Jerry other than they're kind of scared of Rob. That's really all I can really think of when I watch the scene. It's tough because then Lex talks to Jerry and he's like, you know, I love you. Right. And Jerry's like, are you kidding me? You're going to vote. You're going to vote <laughs> yeah. me out over Amber. And I mean, she's just saying to him, you know, he's like, look, there was some information that was passed to me. I mean, he's trying to do his Lex thing. And she's just like, He's going to tell you anything to keep Amber around. Jesus Christ, are you that stupid? Yep. And he's like, well, obviously, I'm going to do it. You know? <laughs> it just sucks. I mean, it's Jerry did an absolute... She, had, she was voted out for no fault of her own on this one. She actually had friends. She was doing well. I mean, people are annoyed by her during the season. She and complained and stuff. But, like, Jerry gets voted out. The biggest villain in Survivor history up to that point through no fault of her own. It's this horrible mercy kill. So just, it's just weird. This is just such a weird stretch of episodes right here. And for her part, Jerry is actually very civil when she leaves. You know, when she stands up, she's like, it's been an honor playing the game with you guys. And then yeah. she again decides to reference her own brand by talking about chocolate. <laughs> you gotta love Jerry. Jerry's predictable, if nothing else. She did. I mean, it's tough. I mean... You know, and I mean, a tribal tribal council, you know, Jeff's just basically like, well, are you guys just going to vote out Amber or what? You know, and it, he didn't say it like that. I know I'm just paraphrasing, but, you know, they're basically they're all just trying to base to to say, well, yeah, it seems like we should probably vote out Amber. But you never know. Things can happen. They go blah, blah. And Jerry's just kind of shaking her head like, I can't believe they're going to vote me out. Yeah, I can't believe they're going to vote me out. And it's just it's just very tough to watch because. The thing is, is that these are all incredibly smart people whom I respect in in life and in Survivor, Kathy and Lex and Sheehan and stuff like that. I, I actually, as, as much fun as I poke at Sheehan, you know, I think Sheehan is, is a super smart person. And they were faced with Rob saying, hey, take care of Amber, I'll take care of you guys. And I mean, obviously that threw Lex for a tailspin, but it's like, you go back and look at it and you can tr- you can contextualize all that you want, Mario. This is a dumb move. This is a it dumb is. move. This is a monumentally stupid move. And it's so hard to watch such intelligent people make this move. You're like, what? Are, it's like watching the Harlem Globetrotters. It's like they're spinning the ball on their finger. <laughs> Grab the ball, you know? And it's just like they are just, they're, they're just committing game suicide here by doing this move. And you just, it's really hard to watch. Well, it's true. I won't dispute that. But it's again, if the more you know about the behind the scenes stuff and what was going on, it becomes less of a dumb move. Like if people know it, they obviously can't show it in the episodes. It comes out later in the season. It comes out in the in the reunion show that the the alliance is really Rob, Kathy, Lex and Tom 
they're kind of the four that set up this pregame alliance. So they're kind of going along. So it's not that horrible a move in Lex's part if he's appeasing his alliance partner. And that's kind of, that's the thing you kind of, All-Stars is tough to talk about because there's so much that's going on that they couldn't show in the episodes because it happened off camera or before the season. So, well, it is a horrible, dumb move. If you understand all the variables, it's not game, it's not just a guy, a good player making a ridiculously stupid move out of nowhere. He's trying to appease his buddy who happens to be his alliance partner at the time and just they can't show that in the episode. I get that. I yeah. mean, and, and the thing is, is that I get it. And away from the surface, yes, it's not just as cut and dry a dumb a move as, as it comes across if you know that sort of background. Mm-hmm. But this game is ever dynamic and ever changing. And, you know, we're eight seasons in now. The fact that people just have an alliance and stick with it all the way through, those days are kind of gone. They're not obliterated like, like Modern Survivor. But, you know, things sort of change. And it's like, if you're Lex, you have to see that Rob and Amber are, like, intertwined at this point, you know? And it's like, okay, so the alliance, the pregame alliance is Lex, Kathy, Tom, and Rob. But it's like, now Amber's in the mix. And it's like, you have to look at that and say, Rob will sell me out for this person. But again, does he know that, that they're at that intertwined? I don't think we know that. I mean, I, he, I think he's seen them on the other that. tribe. I, I, yeah. I think it's pretty obvious. I, I think that you'd have to be blind not to see it. Yeah. Again, I don't really want to defend Rob or Lex and All-Stars because I think the whole season is just a big steaming turd. And it's so awkward to talk about because stuff you talk about isn't even in the episodes. It's just It's just a horrible season to talk about. But yeah, it's just, I don't even know what to say. It's just so many yeah. horrible variables that none of this was ever going to end well for anybody. It's just... It's just ridiculous. But it is it is good that you bring it up because, you know, I you are right. You know, I'm just like, this is not a good move. And you're like, but if Lex thinks that the alliance is him, Kathy, Tom, and Rob, then getting rid of Jerry and keeping Amber, like, who cares at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. it's nothing. I, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think it's a big thing that they, I think a big indicator as well that fueled Lex's decision was the fact that they were also going to be down at the numbers at the merge. You know, I feel like Lex was sort of in the... Uh, the Bart Simpson paradox and that, you know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. No matter what was going to happen, you know, if he voted out Amber, they would still be down in the numbers five to four. If yeah. he, he voted off Jerry, now they're down six to three. Like, it, they were, they were going to be down no matter what, and Lex was going to be public enemy number one. So, I mean, you could kind of see his thought of like, well, I might as well try to appease this, this big head honcho on the other tribe, my supposed ally and, see what happens and unfortunately it was a very very large crapshoot it was a large crapshoot but again putting a little more modern perspective on it which I, I i'm not like super happy doing but you know if if the pregame alliance is intact if it's lex tom kathy and rob right obviously rob wants you know he just told lex hey keep amber in the game i like her but you know if you don't keep her in the game, if you if you cut her out at this point and you merge over and Rob is like, what the hell, dude? I said save her. You know, she was my mm-hmm. girlfriend. I really loved her. I really wanted her in the game and stuff like that. Lex says, I get it, dude, but this is the game. It's with us right now. Mm-hmm. Let's prove it. You know, it's like, you know, I know that Lex is thinking this is the alliance, but it's like you then why don't you just then cut off every other option that he has mm-hmm. and force him to go with that alliance like you know, that's to me, like Lex just, he cut out Ethan. He's cutting all these people. He said it on our screen. This is business this time. And it's like, look, I get bro code and I get that Rob Mariano asked you for a personal favor. I totally get that. But it's like, you've literally just said this is business. So then you need to turn around on Rob and say, dude, this is business. Let's do this. Yep. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I have to, I have to read one quick reader email just because it fits in perfectly with this. Let's do it. This, 
Yeah, this is from a guy named Brian Gold, and I, I just love what he says here because this, in one paragraph, says better than we could say in 20 minutes. He says, please, please talk about how there was no way, short of new Mogo Mogo losing the final 10 immunity challenge and voting Alicia out, that the Lex and Rob situation could have ended well. I know you probably don't want to talk about it, but 10 years after the fact, people still insist Lex made a mistake and Rob outplayed him. Uh, when the likely outcome of voting out Amber is that Lex is viewed by the jury the way that, way that Rob was, playing too personally and dirty. So basically, if he had voted out Amber, then Lex gets the exact same reputation that Rob gets. There's really no way this was going to end well for anybody. No, it really wasn't. And that's, I mean, that, that's the sad fact of it, is that, and, and that's something that I think that, you know, as seasons of Survivor happen, we get to see this more, is that, you know, they made a pregame alliance, Lex and Rob did, but the problem is, is that Lex is a very alpha, alpha male, and Rob is a very alpha, alpha male. They're going to clash at some point. Mm-hmm. And when they clash, it's not going to be pretty, you know, and one needs to, to be decimated. And it's like, I think that Rob understood that, not, not that outplay is not the right word, but I think Rob understood that quicker than Lex did, or maybe more completely than Lex did, because it's like, you just have to scorch the earth at that point. And it's like, Rob didn't have the opportunity to do so before then, but before the merge and before people made juries and all that sort of stuff. But it's like, you're right. If Lex cuts out Amber and they make it to the merge, and then let's say Lex bests Rob, mm-hmm. you know, post-merge, and then, you know, Rob's in the jury, and they make it to the end, Rob is probably going to stick it to Lex and say, dude, that sucks. Yeah. It's not yeah. good. Yeah, we, we, have, we have yet yeah. to see Boston Rob on a jury, but my predictions would be that he, as much as he is, like, this big strategic person, how it's just a game, he, he's a hothead. He's, mm-hmm. he's going to bring feelings into it. Oh, yeah. Yes. If, if Lex is sitting at the end with Sheehan or Jerry... Because he's probably not sitting with Kathy if he's smart, right? So, like, if Lex is sitting at the end with, with Jerry or Sheehan, I think Rob votes for them. And I think that, you know, Jerry or Sheehan wins Survivor All-Stars. <laughs> Which would have been just as perfect. Just as perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, Rob. You think he's this great strategist. But this whole episode, he's all emotion. That's all he is. Like, he's just broken. He's done without Amber. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think he would have been a very angry juror. And I think it would have been very justified, just like I think Lex was very justified. It's just one of those... Yeah, it just wasn't going to end well. Yeah, and I and I feel like I pointed out the situation. Like ultimately, Lex and Kathy and Sheehan make the stupid move in keeping Amber and cutting out Jerry. However, Rob should have thrown that challenge. Yeah, let's not let's not lose sight on this. Yeah. All right, so now we get to move on to the really fun episode. Oh Oh boy. And you know what's fun? You could say that about four or five different episodes in All Stars, and it's debatable which one is the least fun. You know the last the last episode aired on April Fool's Day, so I just like to believe that it was all a big joke. And that the, <laughs> the season actually ends with like Lex waking up and being like he sees you know Richard Hatches in the shower, being like, "Oh, don't worry, it was all just a dream, Lex." <laughs> Lex is with Ro- Richard showering. What's going on? Yeah, it's, were uh, they in a snow globe, Mike? Yeah, yeah, exactly. all- we'll just we'll throw all the se- the series finales in at once. It was all in the dreams of an autistic boy. <laughs> All right, here we go. We are into episode 10, the Lex episode. The Lex episode, which starts with him saying, like, you know, Rob's good on his word. Oh, Lex. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lex. Oh, and here we go. And this is, oh, and this is, oh, you, you have to point this out. This is the one where Rob makes the deal, which I've always said is the reason he loses this game, where he decides he's going to make a final two deal with Alicia. Oh, yeah. Just because he's scared, he, he thinks he's going to lose Amber. He's like, well, I need, I need to make a deal with somebody else. So he makes this panic deal with Alicia, who is not the person you want to turn on later. And no. uh, that, that, I mean, honestly, this is why Rob loses the game. In my opinion, it's, this is the vote that does it. 
yeah, yeah. the Alicia vote. Exactly. Yeah. She she was she was never going to. I mean, if unless she made it to the final two, she was never going to vote for him to win. So it was just sort of like, a, you know, why why would you make a deal with this person who a doesn't want to be in an alliance to begin with, and mm-hmm. b has like sworn to be loyal to the point of where like if something goes wrong in her favor, she's going to turn on them and burn that bridge. You know, this is a part where the, um, the commentary is very good. Um, this is the port part in uh, survivor all stars where the commentary now is Lex, uh, Kathy, Sheehan and, and Alicia. Very admittedly, this, this is not as fun as the <laughs> Rob, Rudy, Tina and, uh, Jenna commentary, not, not by a landslide. They're very, very bitter, uh, through this thing. It's actually kind of tough to listen to. However, you do get to hear Alicia's thoughts through this. And mm. for as amazing a confessional giver as Alicia is, and as an amazing as she is on screen, she talks about her survivor strategy here. Not the best. Not great. Because you know, she talks, she says several times that her strategy was not to have an alliance. Yeah. Oh, Alicia. That's, that's not right. But she does mention here, because we do get in the next scene, and it's the scene where they show up for the challenge, right? You know, Rob's just like, oh, I hope Amber made it, but I don't know, and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and it's like, then, then, then the, the challenge comes, and, you know, obviously, new, new Shapira walks in, and Amber is still there, and you get, like, all the new Mogo Mogos just, like, celebrating like bastards because, you know, <laughs> Amber's still there, and Rob with that look like, yeah, she's still there, and stuff like that. And you see Alicia give this big smile, and she mentions it because she's like, when I saw Amber, I knew that Rob had an alliance with people on that other side. Like Alicia's like, I knew it. I knew there was an alliance going on there. And that's actually pretty astute because that's really the only explanation you can have. Absolutely. Yeah. That should have been, been the first sign for Lex that something was going wrong when, when you know, Shapira's or new Mogamogo was whooping it up. He's like, oh, that could have been his Joe Bluth, I made a huge mistake moment. <laughs> All right, so we get to the reward challenge. Uh, Amber's there, and this is one where you dive down and retrieve stuff. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Does anyone else feel like for this and the next episode, pr- something must have happened with production? Like it almost feels like they they gave up for these couple of episodes because this is the only time in Survivor history where it's still tribal, but it's an individual challenge, and yeah. then the winner <laughs> gets to bring anyone from either of the tribes onto the reward. It's like the strangest cir- set of circumstances. Yeah, they do that all the time now, kind of in modern Survivor. But yeah, this is a really one that jumps out at you because it's just, wait, so you, you basically left a challenge open-ended. You could do it either way or just you, you didn't plan it out. It's just weird that it doesn't follow the formula of other challenges. It doesn't. You know, we're in this weird period where, like, we were going to merge, right? And they didn't merge. They just kind of split the tribes up. But, you know, this is still back. This is the first season we've had where we haven't had 16 people. This is an 18-person season, and we started with three tribes. And, you know, up until then, Survivor is pretty uh, rote. It's by the book. You know, you started with 16, and then you get down to 10 people, and then you merge, you know, except for Thailand, which was weird, right? But, like, you know, you get down to 10, then you merge, and then the first person off at the merge is off, and then the final nine, seven comprised the jury, and then we have a final two. But, like, and obviously Thailand was different with the fake merge. Ha ha, Xi'an, lol. But, like, <laughs> you know, with this one, like, Jerry was, in theory, that that tenth person, right? Because Lex is going to be the first member of the jury. So, like, 
we're in this weird tweener period where even though they're tribes, they're doing individual things. So it's like, for all intents and purposes, we've merged, except we haven't. All right. So Rupert wins because one of his major skills in life is going underwater and retrieving things. That's good. Yes. So yeah. he wins. He gets to bring two. He brings Amber and Jenna. And we go to reward, and I have to point this out. You know, the comedy that kind of writes itself, and I, I know we're going to anger some viewers with this, but this is where they're flying in, and they're going to get all the uh, cosmetic stuff. And Jenna Lewis is very excited because she's going to get a facial. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> she says it twice. You know, I can't pass that up. She's like, I'm, I'm the least girly girl ever. I've never had a facial. I'm going to get a face. Like, okay, never mind. So we'll just move past that, and I will point out the comedy here that Amber in, in uh, Australia, her big thing was she said, oh, my God, whenever she was excited about something, to the point that everyone on the Internet laughed about it. I mean, I wrote a funny 115 article, but I'm just summing up five years of everyone laughing at Amber every time she opened her mouth in Australia. So she Amber must have read the Internet because she never drops, oh, my God, at any point during All-Star. She makes a concerted effort not to say it because people used to make fun of her about it. But it is this reward challenge. She drops it, I think, not only once but twice. Oh, my God, we have deodorant. and Oh, my God, we have towels and makeup. So this is the one where Amber reverts back to her old self. And then you couple that with Rupert's occasional, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you get Rupert's beard in the massage table hole, which is a, an image I really don't ever want to see again. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yes. massage table had its own glory hole, so Jen was right at home. <laughs> what do you think about that construction, Rafa? <laughs> it's strong. <laughs> mm, yes, saboga, though. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, when they get, they get dinner. <laughs> yeah. We had this log. We're going to use it as a massage table because it couldn't get it out of the dirt. And it's going to get a facial. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right. So let's move past to this to the not fun stuff. All well, right. Yeah, so, so basically, the gist of this reward is that, you know, Jenna and Rupert and Amber, they're like, yeah, the four of us with Rob to the end. And, you know, Amber's like, well, I told Lex and Kathy something. I hope it doesn't come to matter at all. Yeah, that won't. It won't. Not at all. Forget that. So then, oh uh, so then, you know, they go back and whatnot, and then tree mail with Rob, and Rob's like, reward? We haven't had two rewards back to back, but no, we get to drop our buffs. We are merged. At the Saboga Beach. <laughs> yeah, yes. on the, Sabo- the pathetic-ass Saboga Beach, and they have to live there. Oh, damn. <laughs> Did they get Rupert's shelter? The shelter no, it, got, it got washed away. It got oh. washed away. I'm, this is going to shock you, Mario, but like that shelter, it didn't hold up. I'm just what? saying. A spoiler alert. Thank you. It's, it, I'm <laughs> telling you, it, it, it didn't hold up. You know, Now they have to nail nails in the dark again. Damn it. <laughs> so much rot and death. Get it right, babe. Maybe, 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 maybe like Rudy's still wandering around. He's just like, you guys, do we need a latrine over there? His foot's dangling off of his body. Look, my ankle is fine there, Michael. I'm just, you need to get a latrine over there. Oh my God, sew that thing on. No, so, don't. I have a foot fetish, says Jenna Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very roundabout that was, way. That was, not, that was not a good Jenna Lewis impression. I apologize about that. It's okay. It's better than Jay and my uh, Boston Rob impression. You're doing much better than we are. Oh yeah, my yeah, my my. I'm not taking pride in my Rob impression. I, I will never. But you we know, both sound like Sylvester Stallone. 
Right. Anyway, um, so so then they, they merge and we get the super lazy name of Shabogomogo. We'll get over that. We get the fun dance of Amber. But then like then then we get, you know, Lex who's like, I'm so thrilled to be merged. This is where it gets exciting for a game player like me. Oh Lex, this is not ha- this is just this was this was painful to watch on a rewatch. Like yeah. oh. I'm firm I'm firmly in the, you know, Lex goofed sort of camp. Really, but at the same time, I like Lex. I really do like Lex, and this was hard. Well, yeah, and this is not only where, I mean, you, you find out really fast that Lex is screwed, and now Boston Rob is going to start mocking him in his confessionals, which is where it it's ups the awkwardness even more. It's like, what, you didn't think you believed that, did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, here we go. Uh, uh. <laughs> Can you imagine the All-Stars sitting at home watching these episodes? I mean, it's, all of them, it's just ridiculous. It's tough. You know, and Lex is like, hey, don't put the knife in my back and travel council. And Rob's like, I'm not going to put it in your back because he's going to put it in your front, Lex. <laughs> That's right, dumbass. God. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there was a reason that apparently, uh, apparently when during the, during the finale, right before the reunion, when they were all watching the last episode, Rob and Amber were kind of sectioned off into their own little dressing room. And I think some people like Hatch was there, Colby was there, but everyone else was in the other room. And I think that was for a... A very good reason, because I don't think producers wanted to have these guys confront Rob until the reunion aired, or else, you know, some might be have, some might have headed off to jail before they could get on stage. I'm thinking Big Tom would have been the first one, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. He was ready to kill Rob. Okay, so uh, yeah, we get here, and then to her credit, I have to point this out. I I, I like defending Amber in All Stars that she points out to Rob. Right at the start, she's like, don't get rid of Lex right away. I've made a deal with Lex and Kathy. Don't be foolish and get rid of him right away. So Amber's trying to do damage control. She's trying her best not to let Rob do something you know, impetuous, but it's, it's, she has no say over it. The, the wheels are in motion now. Here's the thing, though. Rob is right. He is. You got to get rid of Lex. He's too dangerous. He, you got to get rid of Lex and Kathy. You have to get rid of the two of them. And it's like, I, I, I t- I'm totally with you. Like on a rewatch, you can totally see why Amber wins. You can totally see what they were doing with Amber's edit. We just didn't see it really like super clearly at the time. But I mean, she's just like, look, I'm, I'm here because of them. Maybe we can, you know, cut them out. And I mean, Rob's like, don't get soft on me. We have to do this, you know? And that's the whole thing. It's, it's why Lex should have cut out Amber, even though he's trying to do Rob a favor. And Lex believes that the Alliance is him, Rob, Tom and Kathy. I get all that, but it's like, you know, right here, this is the difference because Lex was, you know, he was trying to figure out how to, you know, placate other people and, you know, continue on in the game. And Rob just sees that he probably can't do it. Instead of placating, he's like, we just have to do it. We have to cut it out loose. And Amber's like, that's really hard. And Rob's like, I know. Don't get soft on me, though. This is what we have to do. Yep. Although there's one scene here where where t- uh, Rob mentions, you know, as soon as Lex is gone, Big Tom doesn't have a leg to stand on. This is this is all this pregame stuff that they're trying to work around that they can't really talk about on camera. That Rob is worried when they get down to the end, Lex has an automatic final two deal with Big Tom and Kathy just because they have this pregame stuff going on. So that's the thing. There's so much going on here that they can't really explain in the episodes. It, mm-hmm. it makes it weird to watch if you don't know that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they just have to kind of go off of that the audience will assume that Lex and Big Tom just have this close connection from Africa, so that's the reason why they would go to the end together. Well, yeah, and I have to bring that up again, because that's why so many people get mad that Lex voted out Ethan. They're like, well, he had that thing from Africa. I'm like, not really. If you know the pregame Alliance stuff, it's Lex and Tom, but Ethan in no way was included in that. It's Lex and Tom. So that's the thing. It's just It just gets so muddied when you talk about the season, what, what exactly the variables were. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> 
basically here we get uh we get we get basically rob they're spelling it out here this 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 is the stuff before the challenge where rob's telling amber because amber's like all right what's the play and rob's like we have to get rid of lex and amber's like really and rob's like yeah well this brings up the argument couldn't he have gotten rid of Sheehan instead and still won the game like if he had not voted out lex for one episode would it have appeased him that's a lot of our reader questions are about that subject, and I guess we can talk about that later, but it's it's kind of the important question to me here that, yeah, Lex and Kathy had to go if Rob's going to win. That's just how it works, but could he have softened the blow a little by taking out Sheehan first? Who knows? I mean, no one knows the answer to that. That's just a debate question. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a very interesting question. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. hmm. We'll talk about it later. Yep, we got to get to these episodes. We get the, we get the yep. challenge. The challenge is holding your breath underwater, and then uh, and then it was, um, uh, then they had to like go and untie knots underwater. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes down to Lex and Rob. Rob wins. Yeah, and Lex was way ahead. Lex chokes. Yeah, yeah. Lex had it. I mean, that's if I'm Lex, that's what I'm kicking myself over. That's the challenge. He had that. Mm-hmm. And then more interestingly, in the this, this was the first time they gave away two. Muni necklaces, one for men, one for women, and Kathy wins the necklace, which will come into play a, a <laughs> tiny bit during this episode. Yeah, it's, it's funny when you think historical survivor moments. When most people think this episode, I don't think they think, oh, that's the one where they gave away two immunities. I'm guessing more people think, oh, that's the Lex and Rob one. So anyway, here it is. We'll talk about it. We'll try to speed through the rest of the episodes, kids, but I guess this is the thing that you guys really sort of are listening into this is the after the immunity challenge that Rob has won and Kathy has won where Kathy's like, you know, Rob really hasn't done much to make us comfortable. And Lex is like, Hmm, let's go talk to him. And then we get the Lex and Rob conversation. Well, yeah, it's funny because, you know, it's very heated when they get in this argument over you yeah. know loyalty and friendship. And what's funny later is Kathy says a lot of hurtful things were said, but we never actually saw a lot of the hurtful stuff. So I imagine that speech was way worse than we saw on TV because Kathy kind of references it later. Yeah, it was it was more about just a lot of raised voices and Rob kind of like insincerely saying that he's sorry a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's one of those things. I mean, I've every you kind of had to take a side on this issue. And that's one thing that I've always hated about all stars and this episode in general that. I think I said this in our, our listener questions that there was kind of a mythology around Survivor. Everyone kind of accepted, okay, Rob Sestrinino, best player never to win. Hatch was the big mastermind. Ethan was the first good guy winner. Everyone kind of just was on the same page. And we get to this episode, and it's impossible not to have an opinion. You have to take a side as if you're pro-Rob or pro-Lex. And that's the one thing that I've always hated the most in Survivor history, where the fan base kind of got split right there. It's impossible to talk about the season without getting angry or heated about this scene. And I just, I just don't like that about it. It's just such an ugly scene in general, regardless of who you think was right. I mean, Jay obviously thinks Boston Rob is more right. I always, my sympathies were always with Lex. But I think in the end, I don't think anybody was really a good guy in this whole thing. It just isn't handled so poorly by everybody. I think it's a good way to put it, that it was handled poorly. Um, yeah. I have massive sympathy for Lex here. <laughs> I have all the sympathy in the world for Lex here. This, this sucks. Uh, however... You know, I, I think that the the thing that it, it's not the the sticker or the kicker or anything like that, but you know, Rob says in the pre you know the previous episode he says to Lex, "You take care take care of her, I'll take care of you," and then he says, "If you can, right?" Yeah, and that's the kicker because you know then Rob and Lex have just this outrageous fight, 
and we don't see most of it, obviously, is what you're saying. But, you know, Lex is basically like, I, I screwed up my game for you. I can't even believe what I'm hearing, you know, and Rob's like, well, you're hearing it. I'm going to get rid of you sort of thing. And, you know, Lex is just like, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, Rob says to him, says, look, you want to put our friendship on the line for this? I'll put it on the line. This is what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And the thing is, is that, you know, Lex has said this is all business. Rob is just laying it out there like, look, I'll be friends with you. But if you want to end our friendship over this, here it is. This is what I'm doing. And Lex is like, I want you to be true to me. And Rob's like, I said that I would do my best to take care of you if I could. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And again, in Rob's defense, he's not the only one making this vote. I mean, Rob's in an alliance with a bunch of people who are voting for Lex. So it's not just Rob. So I have sympathies for Rob in a sense, too, because he's not the one making this call all by himself. Yeah, I mean, he's you know the one one of the downsides of not separating of separating these tribes for the entire game is that uh, Shapiro has become a very inwardly focused group, and it's it's very obvious, and it would be a very stupid move if Rob stuck out his neck, betraying five other or four other people who he was had multiple deals with just to appease this one person. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why ultimately All Star seasons suck because. <laughs> It's the extra element of the pregame alliance, and it's something that Survivor can't really control. You know, and the thing is, is that it was so secret in this one, but again, lessons were learned from this one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not to not make a pregame alliance, as pregame alliances are always going to happen, but it's like in this one, Lex and, and Rob made a pregame alliance, and Rob broke it because situations within the game dictated that he had a better chance of getting to the end with people he wanted to get to the end with if he went broke away from the pregame alliance mm-hmm. and he was willing to bend it. Lex was not. And that's why Rob came out on top. I, you know, I, I'm, I don't defend Rob and saying, you know, he, you know, absolutely outclassed Lex here. I don't think that anybody outclassed anybody. And I don't even think outplayed is the right word. I guess, I guess it technically is, but it's like Rob, Rob's game changed. Lex's didn't. Mm-hmm. And that hurt Lex. And to me, I, I have massive sympathy for Lex. But I, I think that, you know, Survivor is an ever-dynamic game. Rob was willing to adapt and, and move on. And he had the advantage to do so. You know, and he, he took advantage of Lex's loyalty. And it paid off. And, and, and Rob won here. I don't – I mean, I, I'm not piling on Lex saying he's so dumb, he's so stupid. He's not. I've already said before, I have massive respect for Lex as a person and as a player. However – he wasn't thinking dynamically in this game, and it cost him. And Rob did, and he benefited. And that's really what you have to look at. Like, to me, it's like, who made, you know, what comes out? Obviously, Rob came out on top. That is, you know, empirically the truth. Rob made the better move. He came out on top. But it's like, this whole thing is so effing ugly. But it taught everyone a lesson. To You know, you make a pregame alliances, but you know what? They may not last. And in fact, they won't. What's funny, Jay, is that my read of the situation is almost exactly the same as yours, except I just draw a different conclusion. My sympathies are with Lex and not Rob. It's funny. I would say everything you just said, I would repeat that almost word for word, except where you say Rob adapted. The way I see it is Rob saw a pretty girl and decided to go for, in lack of a better term, he chose hoes over bros. See, I don't think he adapted or became dynamic at all. I just think he fell in love and it really screwed everything up because it was more important to be with Amber than it was to go with the flow of Survivor the way it was all planned out. So, again, we would describe that situation exactly the same. It just our differences is, 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 uh, in what we attribute Rob's motives to. Yeah. 
However, Lex's options was still Kathy, and you know Sheehan wasn't in the in the pregame alliance, but Sheehan was there. But like Lex still kept going. Whereas like with Rob, yeah, he made a dumb deal with Alicia and all that sort of stuff. But it's like you saw Rob sewing up Jenna Lewis and Rupert. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Rob was willing to have options. I guess. Yeah. It just and, and Lex was true. unwilling to have options. Yeah. And, and I, I I agree with the you know hose over bros or something like that but it's like rob had the ability to jump somewhere else whereas lex really didn't he didn't no lex was out of cards he he screwed up mogo mogo they just were down in numbers he he cost himself all those options so yeah i mean again there's no one who's blameless in this whole thing except maybe amber amber really didn't do anything wrong she's just kind of stuck in the middle of the whole thing the one the one person that really gets me in this scene is kathy just because she's you know despite all the things that she might have been doing i think i think at that point she was still an extremely likable character one of the most likable characters in survivor history so just watching her like reduced to tears because obviously her not even in the pregame alliance but her relationship with rob comes into play and she mentions this later in her final tribal council speech it's just it's brutal to watch her and i mean i do believe her in that you know she was so emotional about it that she truly did she truly did contemplate giving up her immunity necklace and essentially almost (laughs) basically quitting the game yeah yeah, we'll get into that immunity necklace scene in a second here. <laughs> well, I think we're at it, right? I mean, do we have anything more to say? Uh, I had one more thing to say, but now I don't remember it, so it couldn't have been that important. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you forget your stuff. Well done, Jay. You've convinced me. But no, I just it's just one of those things. You kind of have to choose Lex or Boston Rob. Oh, now I know what I was going to say, that this pregame alliance stuff. Like, this isn't just us throwing random shit out there. This is... Well, I mean, it's been it was widely known at the time, this pregame alliance stuff. It comes up during the reunion show. Lex and Rob are arguing about it here. It comes up later in the season during the final jury speech. And I mean, it, it, it rears its head all over the place. This 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 uh, pregame alliance stuff, the Lex, Rob, Kathy, Tom stuff is very well known. It's not just stuff we're making up. Anybody who watched All Stars at the time kind of knew about this. It was part of the season and it came out all over the place after the season. Yeah, and now we are to the necklace, which, God damn it, I hate this fucking scene. I mean, like, at, at, both Kathy and Lex have said in interviews, at no point was Kathy going to give that immunity necklace to Lex, and like, he wasn't shocked at Tribal Council, he wasn't stunned. That's all just editing for the editors to make Lex look like a dick on his way out, and I, I hate that more than I hate the Lex Rob stuff because the Lex Rob stuff I understand. It's just a bad situation that everyone got stuck in. The necklace stuff is just the editors fucking with Lex. I hate that scene. For those of you that are following at home, what they are alluding to is we have the tribal council. It's very heated and sort of just tense and bitter because everyone kind of knows what's going to happen here. And, you know, Kathy did say before tribal council, she was like, Lex, I'll just give you the necklace and I'll get voted out. And then, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Lex is like giving her a hug and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, they showed some sort of precedent, right, for this. And then, you know, Jeff asks the question, hey, Rob, do you want to give away your necklace? And Rob's like, absolutely not. And then he asks Kathy if she's going to give away her necklace. And Kathy says, no, I'm going to keep it. The next shot is a shot of Lex looking disgusted, like turning and kind of opening Mm -hmm. his mouth in, in somewhat shock. Lex has gone on record. Kathy's gone on record. Everyone has gone on record and said, that is not a time stamped shot. Like Lex did not react when Kathy said she was going to keep the necklace like that. He ha- he obviously clearly made that face, but again, with the magic of survivor editing, that was from some other something, some other time in that tribal council, and they put it in that spot to make Lex look like he was very shocked and indignantly sad that 
Kathy was not giving him the necklace. Yeah, that's, I mean, they're just burying Lex and Kathy. They just clearly do not want you to root for them. They want you to laugh at Lex's downfall right there. And I, I hate that shot. Yeah, it's, it's sad because I think theaters are like, well, they're going to go out soon anyway. We don't want really anyone to root for them. We're putting all our eggs kind of in this, you know, the, the final four alliance. Let's, uh, let's scorch Lex's earth on the way out. I, I mean, my question is, what, is that kind of part of, Lex's general distaste for the show and one of the reasons why he won't come back anymore. More than likely. I mean, because he said in interviews, he he's the one that convinced Kathy not to give him the immunity. He's like, no, stay in the game, fight, I'm dead, might as well stay in there. So there's absolutely no basis in truth to that whole scene. It's just so ridiculous. So yeah, it's I have no doubt that it has a large part of why Lex doesn't like the show anymore. Well, yeah, and I mean, you, again, you, you sympathize with Lex. And I mean, the thing is, is that you can tell that Lex really loves this game. Or, or loved it, I guess, up until this point. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he, he talks about it in, in this thing. And, you know, he went into this season with this pregame alliance, but he was like, look, this is going to be very workmanlike and businesslike. I am going to go out there and demonstrate my skill. And it's like he sort of lost fun along the way. And then his ouster here with Rob, I mean, that's super emotional. You know, no, no matter how you cut this scene, whether Lex made the mistake or Rob made the mistake, or this, that, or the other thing, that's a super emotional way to get out. It's one of the most emotional ways to get out of this game that, that's ever been had. And, I mean, for lack of a better word, for something that you love so much, for something like that to happen, that can't be anything short of heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I completely understand why he would, you know, and not only is it heartbreaking, then you're watching it on television. You're watching Rob mock you in an interview which probably can't feel good. And then you're watching the editors sort of make you look sort of bad and awful on the way out. It's like at that point, you're like, all right, I'm done. I don't need to come back. See you guys later. (laughs) Yep. It's funny. I'll I'll drop a little teaser here for our our listeners, but I've known a lot of survivors over the years and, and a lot of them, the more you know survivors, the more you hear stories of how they just get disillusioned when they watch their seasons on TV with how, how really the show's not really honest. What's shown on TV is really not the way it went down in the majority of the times. And a lot of them are very disillusioned when they come off the show and they watch the TV episodes when they realize how different the editors are, the edited, the edited version is than the real version. And Lex is just one case where he was, I mean, it's just so dishonest, some of the stuff in the way they showed this, this episode. And I will tell you, just as a teaser, that I knew Rafe from Guatemala very well. well. We'll talk about this. But Rafe was absolutely disillusioned as all hell when he came off that show and watched the episodes and saw how dishonest Survivor was. And the, the thing is, he knew how dishonest it was, but it was even shocking to him when he watched it, when he realized just how far out of the way the editors will go to stretch the truth to tell a story that they want to tell. So this will come up again really strongly in Guatemala, and I have a lot to talk about it when we get there. And your opinions of Rafe. Yeah, actually, I, I've softened on Rafe over the years, but I, I'm, yeah, I'm actually friends with Rafe, and I... I know a lot of his story, so I'll be very fair when I talk about him. I just know his story particularly well. Okay. So, we need to move on. Um, yeah. we've, got, we've got, what, like, <laughs> we've four got an hour more episodes to go? Yeah. Jeez. So, to be fair, these were the big, this is like, if we're talking about the, the Greek tragedy of All-Stars, this was our climax. So, the yeah. next few episodes are going to be a lot of falling action. One thing I do want to mention before we abandon Lex for now is that, I mean, I among the hardcore Survivor fan community for a number of years, uh, after this, Lex very quickly became the probably least liked castaway in Survivor history for an extremely long amount oh, yeah. of time. Um, Survivor Sucks always had him rated at the bottom of their popularity polls. He earned the 
popular nickname of Chwat Waffle from his <laughs> actions during these episodes. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, nowadays you have these big kind of outlandish villains that are usually at the bottom of the polls and people dislike them. But from about from 2004 until probably as, as recent as like 2008 or so, Lex was scraping the bottom of the barrel of these polls because this storyline just had a huge, huge hit to his uh, to his reputation. Granted, he wasn't that high to begin with because he was a, a big villain in Africa as well. But the way he was portrayed and the way he spoke about things definitely did not lend well to his popularity post-All-Stars. Yep, absolutely. It's uh, it's one of those things. Lex has been an interesting case over the years. The The discrepancy between how loved Lex is by the fans versus how well he's loved by the alumni, it could not be greater. Like, he is maybe the most popular Survivor alumnus. If you go to events and stuff, everyone loves him. It's just funny how the fans all hate him. It's just complete 180 in the perception of Lex out there. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we can basically fast forward through a couple episodes and get to the final five here if we want. But, yeah, we'll just skim through this because we're just riding out, running out the clock at this point. The die has been cast. The season's going to go where it's going to go. Basically, Kathy's going to be toast next. Uh, Kathy's going to be toast. This is the Kathy episode after this. You know, and Kathy has uh, – they give her some time at the beginning just venting about what happened before. Um, you know, there's some decent Kathy stuff in there. I don't really think we need to talk about it much. But for those of you that are rewatching the season, first of all, bless you. Uh, and second <laughs> of all, uh, you know, th- there's some good Kathy stuff in there. I mean, if you're not yet sold, if you have not gone back to the Marquesa and seen Kathy be awesome and then just seen Kathy be awesome in the first half of this season of Survivor All-Stars, I don't, I don't know what to tell you at this point. Like, Kathy's great. And even in defeat, even after, you know, getting absolutely played over here by by robin company like kathy still has awesome things to say and you know through her sorting of of problems and stuff like that so you know yay on kathy (laughs) i think the important thing at the beginning is just the fact that rob now you know during the conversation with lex lex was talking about how you know he liked tom too but you know rob's just using that as an excuse to get tom out later so you now we know that you know tom's on rob's radar which isn't going to come up for a little bit but uh i think that this uh this episode is the one where they do the reward challenge where the winner of the reward gets the video from home. And yeah. Jenna Lewis gets her video for once. Jenna gets her yeah. video. But they do a weird, like, they do a weird, like, combined. Again, this is one of the reasons why I feel like production just sort of gave up for a streak of episodes. They do this, like, weird combined reward immunity challenge where, like, they're divided into two teams of four. And then the team that wins gets a shot to compete for immunity. And this always irked me because I feel like this was completely unfair to Kathy. Um, she, she was on the ropes, and but if she got put on a kind of a shitty team, which she kind of was, she was basically screwed out of winning immunity. And Are you saying that being on a team with Rupert and Tom and sort of an agility <laughs> challenge was was getting screwed over? Let, yeah, Rupert and, and, Bal- as, as and, and Jenna season, Lewis, the worst challenge competitor ever. <laughs> as we saw during this season, Rupert and Balance Beams do not mix, and this was like all about you know this was it was like attack on a uh, take on a bunch of different obstacle courses that Survivor did, but like it was all. The, the, their, their team lost the lead from the beginning, just getting lost on all the balance stuff. And bought the team of Boston Rob and Alicia and Cheyenne and Amber end up uh, walking away with the win. Yep. And then uh, they have a little puzzle thing, and, and Rob ultimately wins it. And uh, he wins a video of his brother who like tries to do a Dom King impersonation. You're like, what is going on? Yeah, and he, like, he looks like uh, Rex Kwon Do from Napoleon Dynamite. He has like an American <laughs> flag headband on. <laughs> Look, man, let's not make fun of the 90s too badly here, Mike. Rex Kwon Do reference. Nice. Well, the early 2000s. Holy crap. 
like you could possibly know that, Mike. <laughs> I do. Gosh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So Rob, we get me started on Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> oh man, that would be fun. Oh, we'll, we'll save that for another podcast. Oh no, I actually don't like it. But there's that. Why not, Jay? You fat lard. You fat lard. I, I like some of the concept. My, very briefly, my opinion of Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite is it was about an hour too long. But other than that, had some funny stuff in there. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Okay, um, so yeah, so Rob wins the video from home. He gives it up to everybody else. It's a nice moment, and then Kathy gets voted off, and that's really all I have to say about this episode. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a little bit of talk about how, so Rob kind of gets the decision we see a, a peppered in a lot during Survivor Rewards for the years of like, you can... If you want, you can give away your rewards so everyone else can see their videos, and he does. And then there's a little bit of questioning of like, oh, that was such a great move, or was it a secret strategic move? And Rob says like, yeah, it was a little bit of both, but that's the, the only amount of play we get. Kathy tries to swing people over by saying that the big moves are made at odd numbers, and she, she could be kept around as a swing vote, but the target is too large on her back to, to resist. Was it a thoughtful plan or a deceptive gesture? Yeah, I mean, again, we're going through Survivor history here. Like, this is this is not going to be the first time in Survivor history where someone wins a reward and they give up part of their reward so that everyone can kind of, you know, get something. Like, Rob just spells it out. It's funny because they're spelling it out. They're like, well, that was really nice of Rob. Or was Rob just trying to, you know, curry favor in the game? And Rob's like, it's kind of both, right? Like, <laughs> you know... A, I'm, I'm not the worst person on planet Earth. Sorry, people at home. But two, it's probably going to help me in the game. So you should probably do it. And you know what? He's right. And, and people have learned that if you, are do, if you do magnanimous things like that, that can be good for you. It, it's not going to necessarily win you the game. But, you know, it's better than, you know, being a total dick about it. You know, the whole ironic thing about that scene is when Jenna gets her video from home, her family just sent her her own sex tape. That was kind of the problem with that scene. I part of me had wished that, like, instead of at her tape, it was a tape of, like, Greg's sister or, like, Cece Heideck. <laughs> they're like, whoops, we kind of got the tape yeah. mixed up. Sorry, like, Jenna. you know, Rob, Rob wins reward and he's like, instead of showing my, my video of my brother, can I have Greg's video from Borneo? <laughs> can I watch Jenna's video alone for 10 minutes? <laughs> okay. And, but you, you, you can come. You can watch. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad Jenna's here. All right. So, yeah, Kathy's gone. She becomes the second juror. And what's well, the only thing that I really have to say about that is on her way out, Kathy's anger isn't directed towards Rob. It's directed towards Amber, which is kind of interesting. It comes up later that, again, uh, people say, well, Kathy was one of the bit jurors who wasn't bitter. She's great. I'm like, well, she was bitter. She was just bitter towards Amber because she hated Amber. If you watch, Amber's the one she's pissed at. Yeah, that's right. Yoko. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we're on to the next episode, which is a fun one because most people know this as the Sheehan episode. The Sheehan episode. And I have to say, this, this, this is the only episode I like after the Rob Lex episode. This one's actually kind of fun. I kind of like this one. I, I think it's so appropriate to All-Stars that like the one underdog we're left with is Sheehan, who's like, <laughs> not only doesn't deserve to be there, but like treat yourself as the underdog is the most like sanctimonious person <laughs> who's ever been an underdog <laughs> in the series. Tune in to All Stars, while the only person who can stop Amber's win is Sheehan. <laughs> it's uh, exactly what the producers wanted. It's really tough because this this episode and the next one, when when Sheehan gets booted, is like. Again, I have respect for Sheehan as a person. I think Sheehan is a totally smart person, but like she is so toast in this game at yeah. at this point, and it's like she just gets all high and mighty about things, but then she's just like, "Yeah, I talked with people." They're just going to vote us out one by one. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's what that's what they're gonna do, Shein. Thank, I'm I'm glad that you figured that out. Let's be honest, Jay. Shein would be toast in every Survivor game. That well, yeah. People just don't like her. I mean, she, there's something about her that people don't like, and that's a horrible trait in Survivor. Unfortunately, it, it really is not a good trait. Yeah. And 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 that's the thing is that I think that she's it, it's it's very clear she's she's smart. And and I actually like I said, she reminds me a lot of my sister for some reason. She's got like this weird, quirky sort of intelligent personality, and so like. I've seen that a lot, and I would probably get along with Shein pretty well. But you're right. You know, there are people that go out there that you would think, ah, they might be get along with people. They really can't. People just don't like them. Yeah. Shein is one of those people. Yeah, you'll see it over the years that people just have a hard time with Shein always. Every single person who meets her, she rubs them the wrong way. Yeah. She she even says to Rob, she's like, am I the next to go? And Rob's like, yeah. Yeah, you're Shein. What do you think? You should win immunity probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's weird how upfront they are. Like um, later in the episode, just like skipping ahead before jumping back, um, Shan tries to like go to Alicia to do some last minute planning after she went to immunity, and Alicia's like, "I don't want to hear it. There's already a plan." And Shan's like, "I appreciate that. Thank you for your honesty." <laughs> it's it's tough. This season was so different. I mentioned before just the the money payout and stuff like that. Like people were really fighting for their space. Like at this point in the game, very few people are playing to win. It's actually very sad. You know, and it, it, it's different from, I think, a lot of more modern seasons of Survivor. And that's a that's actually a plus for some modern seasons is that I feel like in more modern seasons of Survivor, more people are playing to actually win this game. And in, in Survivor All-Stars, especially at this point, like like Rupert's not playing to win. He's he's just playing to get like, you know, fourth or fifth or third or, you know, something along those lines, you know, and, and like Alicia is not having an alliance with anybody. So, you know, she's just off on her own. You know, and it's like, you know, she ends trying to like maneuver, but nobody will play with her. I mean, I watched that scene with Sheehan and Alicia. Can you imagine those two trying to have a conversation for five minutes and oh not my screaming God. at each other? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I just would have loved to see a deleted scene of those two just talking about the weather and it devolves into a fist fight. Yeah, but this this episode is fun because they have the challenge. This is the challenge. This is the slam book challenge that yes. that is mm-hmm. that that I totally want them to do in 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 seasons of Survivor. Like this is such a good challenge. Yeah, it's the let's talk shit about Alicia and Sheehan challenge. Oh my yeah, god! Basically. <laughs> Although I have to point out one thing right before the challenge, someone sent us an email about this: the, how Survivor, the All Stars, is just a mean spirited season in general. Like the editors made it meaner than it had to be. There's a scene right before the start of the challenge when they get the big mask and Tom puts on the mask and he starts doing the Ooga Booga chant, you know, total Tom move, which is kind of a funny scene. And the scene should end there in Africa. It would end there. Except, no, the editors have to leave on two seconds later where Boston Rob says, dumbass. Yeah. Like, it's just a, it's just a weird, mean spirited thing to leave in the end of that scene. Why not just lend, leave it with Tom doing something funny? But no, they have to leave it with Boston Rob calling him a dumbass and then they cut to the challenge. So yeah. They- yeah, I was gonna say it's, it's weird little like shades of what they would do eventually with Russell, where like the last shot of a scene, kind of, or the last confessional, always has to be of Rob's. Like, let's get Rob's opinion on this subject. Rob, what do you think about it? Yep, <laughs> and it's not very good. So anyway, they, they, you know, they, they, they. This is this challenge where it's the slam book. They, they are asked questions. They fill them out in a little booklet. They turn them in, and then uh, Jeff Probst is basically just going to ask them questions on what they think the majority of people said was the mm-hmm. answer to this question. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get things like, who would you trust with your li- life? And everyone said, Rob. You know, <laughs> and it's the coconut chop challenge, like three chops, and then, you know, the log comes and hits the 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 mask like in Amazon. Uh, and, and uh, 
you know, but then the one one of the questions is who doesn't deserve to be an all star? <laughs> oh, <laughs> classic. It's like half the all stars left. Yeah. <laughs> that applies to Sheehan, Jenna, Amber, maybe Tom. It's all of you guys except for Rupert. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, it's funny. I was going through that and they all name uh, Sheehan and Alicia. I'm like, but nobody named Jenna? How dare you people? How dare you people? What? Yeah, it's, it's it's odd that Jenna and Amber, like they're in like the D, the D plus category. <laughs> yeah. I have to point out though, when they announce this challenge, when they announce they're going to be slamming each other, Amber lets out an, oh my God. So it it does come out again in this season. <laughs> Good for Amber. Good for Amber. So then, uh, you know, they, they're chopping logs and, and doing the things. And then the other one was, um, uh, you know, they, they have other things. Uh, uh, who uses sex appeal as a weapon? It's all oh, Amber, blah, blah, blah. They, they, who is under the false assumption that they are smart? <laughs> God. God, what a question. Like, what a question. Holy shit. Yeah. And again, that would probably apply to half the cast as well. Mm-hmm. All of you. Yeah, <laughs> including Rupert. Just kidding. Yes. Um, but like the the answer, like some of them say Jenna, and like some say Rupert, and some say Todd. The answer is Alicia. <laughs> Alicia's like, I don't like these people anymore. And it's like, well, Alicia, you've actively not had an alliance with anyone. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Poor Alicia. Alicia's a hard one to feel bad for, but I do feel bad for her in that scene. Yeah, Ugh. it's not good. I mean, you never like to hear that, but. It's there, but you know, it happens. I think Rupert wins. But the f- the other fun part of this uh, episode that we'll get into is uh, that the, the winner of this challenge, then like they're all going to have a meal or something like that, and, and then the the winner of the challenge basically gets to choose. There's going to be seven meals it, it ranked from from awesome to not very freaking awesome, and Rupert gets to choose basically who gets what meal. Yes, and he, then, yeah. Which I think it's fun, right? You know, and Rupert was like, I'll just take the worst meal. And Jenna's like, don't be stupid. Yeah. We're yeah. the final four. Just give away the pecking order. No one can stop us. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Jen, when you know, when Jenna Lewis is giving you a strategy talk about this reward, you know you're not, <laughs> yeah. you're not, you're not set yeah. on a good voyage. Even Jenna says, she has some confessional, like, I love Rupert. And, you know, she says something like, I don't want to say he isn't good at the game. He is, but sometimes he needs coaching. Yeah. Oh, I Jenna, that's out- like the nicest thing you've said, anyone's ever said about Rupert's game. I should point out a Pagong member is slamming someone's strategy. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I should also point out, just for those of you who are amused by this sort of stuff, that the winner of the hot dog is Jenna. So it fits in very well with her video. <laughs> I was just going to say, Jenna, what's the, she takes the hot Well, what Rupert does is that, you know, Rupert, his, I actually think this is sort of okay with Rupert. But, like, you know, I think what they were trying to do is they were basically trying to <coughs> present the meals and then Rupert would dole out the meals. <laughs> but instead of what that happens is Rupert basically then picks a person in the pecking order and then they choose their meals, which then sort of puts a little onus on the person. Yeah. So I actually thought that was semi-smart uh, and stuff like that. So Rupert goes first. He gets like all you can drink and like a steak or something like that. And then like he gets Rob and he gets a cheeseburger and stuff like that. And Jenna gets, you know, one of the top tier things and she chooses the hot dog thing it's like oh boy Uh, love to shove that down my gullet you know but then uh but but the interesting thing here and again this is how you can tell people aren't playing to win because obviously Sheehan gets the worst meal and everyone expected that because Sheehan's like you know outside the pecking order outside the old Shapira but Tom gets the second to last meal doesn't he yeah he gets like a a sandwich no he gets like potatoes potatoes. potatoes. potatoes yeah potatoes 
you know, and like Tom, I think he says something about it. He's just like, yeah, there was a five star meal, but I didn't, I didn't get any of it. Cause all I got was taters and they were cold or something like that. And I mean, he just takes it and it's like, Tom, you're on the outs, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Again, it it could not be more obvious how this game is going to play out, to be honest. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that, it, and no one is fighting for it. And that, that's the frustrating thing, like going back for it. It's like, look, I realize in, in older seasons of Survivor, you know, pagongings happen and people didn't do a lot to shake things up. I get it. But the problem is, is that they don't know any better or, you know, they try and people are just too steadfast. But like in All-Stars, people just they didn't really they just didn't notice these things. You know, Tom just thought that he was set. And, you know, he, there's all these clues that no, you are not set. And he just didn't take any of them. And it's like, oh, it's so frustrating. Do you think Rob's going to go to the end with you, his hillbilly goat farmer friend, or his girlfriend that he's banging every night? Hmm. I wonder which one he'll take to the end. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I should point out in the scene that Jenna mentions that Sheehan is obnoxious. Yeah. Now, now, when Jenna is saying that someone is obnoxious, that says a lot because nobody likes Jenna either. Yeah, it's, it's basically two episodes of the pot calling the kettle black, essentially. <laughs> yes. All right, so we get to the end of this episode where... It's everybody against Sheehan. Sheehan has to win immunity against these cocky, smug Shapirans. And it's, the, it's one of my favorite challenges. I always love this one. It's always exciting. Is the hold your arm up in the air with the water bucket over your head challenge. And we'll call this the uh, Teresa Cooper challenge out of respect for one of my favorites. I knew you would go there. And I'm like, he, he wouldn't go. He would go there. It's T-Bird. You can't say anything bad about T-Bird. I really can't. There you go. I, I, I really wish that Rupert <laughs> would have broken into t- a rendition of Tomorrow as well. <laughs> tomorrow! Tomorrow! <laughs> like, Rupert, please stop. <laughs> I love you! <laughs> I, I can't say anything bad about T-Bird. I can question why she's being mentioned in Part 3 of All-Stars, but Mario Lance is here, so I guess that, you know, is explanation in and of itself. <sighs> All right. So anyway... Probably. So yeah, so uh, yeah, Sheehan stands in there and wins the challenge, and yes, 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 and they're like, it's a classic Sheehan moment where we get to root for her, but you also reminded why people don't like her, so it works out real well. It's yeah, it's tough because you go through the emotions because like you're rooting, you got to be rooting for Sheehan. Like even if you're a fan of Rob, like once the, they start dropping and you're like, Sheehan needs this immunity because it's like you know Sheehan's toast, right? Okay, so she wins immunity this time. It's not like she's some threat to go on like a major immunity run. Like you know she's gonna go at some point so you at the, at the time you're like you know what she win this one win this one yeah and just see what they'll do and something yeah. like that. And she wins it and she's so excited you know and even at the end it's her and rupert at the end and you know god bless rupert i mean he's just like she you are tough you know and i i totally think he's being legitimately honest there because that's just the kind of guy he is and i mean then she wins and she's like super excited and like in that moment i just remember cheering yeah you know, but then, but then she's like in your face and Alicia's like, don't get too cocky. You got to. And it's like, first of all, shut up, Alicia. Second of all, yeah, she and, you know, a little overboard there. Got to say. But at this point, like she has to know, right? Like it, it, this is everyone's like, well, she could have, you know, played it off. She's done. Now she's just going to celebrate it, rub it in their face. Who cares at this point? Right. Mm-hmm. I should point out one of the great moments in this challenge is where Jenna gets eliminated and she accuses the show of cheating because I didn't move. It's a classic Jenna Lewis slash Jai Lewis moment where she accuses the show of cheating and she didn't do anything wrong. Uh, I didn't move. Uh, I didn't move. I didn't do it. And again, it's classic Jenna. Jenna is the worst challenge competitor in Survivor All-Stars, perhaps the entire game ever. And I want to I, yeah, I see a, a challenge between her and Crystal Cox. 
Oh like my one God. of these endurance challenges just to see how long it lasts. I'm, I'm thinking maybe like 15 seconds. It, it would be so good, you know, because you're so right, Mario. I mean, she said it before. It was like during the, 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 uh, the, the, the grind gate challenge that we had here, uh, you know, early on the season where like she fell and hit the water for no way, no yeah. way. That's not, it's like Jenna. And she'll do it later. She'll do it later. She'll do it later. She just, you know, <laughs> she just is always complaining about it. I didn't move. It's great. But she and Ann her wins. brother does it. Yeah, her oh. brother does it too. That's the best part. All right. Yeah, she Ann wins. She Ann wins, and it's it's a great moment. I mean, you could see why people don't like her, but but you're right. She wins, and it was awesome. Yeah, and then she gets to mock everybody else in the game. The stupid people, stupid, stupid, stupid players. Well, she says this, but this is, again, her whole thing where she's like, people should be making deals with me on their own. It's like, Cian, they've got a whole game going, and you're not a part of it. Like, yeah. in theory, yeah. what you're saying is true, but, like, you're stupid people, stupid players. I'm like, they're good, Cian. Yeah. They're, they've got their own game going, and you are not a part of it. Congratulations for delaying your exit for one episode. Although I do have to point out, this is where Cian goes on her crusade to remind everybody, including us in the audience, that Amber is the best player and Amber is going to win. So I have to give Cian credit for that. She kind of is the one that starts down that path in the editing that, watch out for Amber, everybody. She kind of mentions that here. Yeah, because, you know, she knows. I mean, once Lex got screwed over by Rob, like, I'm sure that Kathy and Cian had a conversation where Kathy's just like, my God, that Rob, holy crap. And I you know, know Kathy had animosity towards Amber, but I mean... You know, like Shan's just looking at this, going like Rob's going to go to the Am- go to the end with Amber, and probably people are going to be mad at Rob. Like Amber might win this game. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'll have a lot more to say, but that becomes important later. So just hold on to that thought. All right. So, and then Alicia gets voted off in an, a moment that no one really cares about. In, in a moment that nobody is surprised about, because. <laughs> It, it, again, you if if you are shocked that the person who said I'm not making an alliance with anybody got voted out when they needed someone to get voted out randomly, yeah, yeah. you're not quite understanding this game. Pretty and straightforward. Not, not only do we have Boston Rob breaking his his new handshake deal with Alicia, but he decides to mock her in probably the one of the worst ways possible with his extended voting confessional. Is this oh, the arrivederci goodbye? Yeah. Basically, yeah, he, he he references like the we had we had an argument on day three. Now I'm finally ending it <laughs> after I made a final two deal with you. Like, goddamn! Again, that's the vote that really costs Rob later. I don't think enough really gets made out of that. Like, there was no—he didn't have to have a final two deal with Alicia. He just did, and then broke it. So, way to go, Rob. Tough. All right, and now we are on the the second Shein episode. The Sheen saga. <laughs> yes, it's like the, the Star Wars trilogy. This is the the Sheen strikes back here. So who's Jar Jar? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm trying to think of if Jar- I knew a Jar Jar. Jar 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 has to be Jenna Lewis, just because everyone like it's, when she comes on screen, you just want to like kill her off. <laughs> wow! But I've never been turned on by a Jar Jar video. <laughs> I mean, a friend. Oh, a friend you, have not, you have not checked out enough fan art on the internet. Yeah. Maybe it's Rupert. Misa, eat the steak. Misa, drink beer. <laughs> All right. Now, Rupert, Rupert's like the Mace Windu, I feel like. <laughs> he's, a, he's a badass motherfucker. That's what Rupert is. Yeah, who just gets killed off way too early. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the Sheehan episode. Uh, I'm just going down this episode of my notes. I really don't have a lot for this episode other than 
Rupert's mad. No one's helping him clean the fish. No one's really having fun. They're just kind of all sniping at each other. They're now. all sniping at each other. And it's funny because Rupert's just like, you know, the slow again. I've said on record, I find that Rupert, Rupert has played this game like four times now. And I feel like Rupert is the most consistent survivor player to ever play the game. He just is the same the whole time. <laughs> And he he talks about things sometimes about changing, like he's like new strategy, which was the same strategy. But like Rupert likes to go out and get fish. And then, it, you know, he finally realizes right then he's just like, I'm going out there and getting fish and they're not doing anything. Maybe I shouldn't catch fish for everyone. It's like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Misa catch fish. <laughs> nice. You know, and, and Jenna's just basically like, I can't catch fish because I'm only 120 pounds. Or translated, I can't catch fish because I'm inept. Yes, because I'm Jenna. Because yeah. I'm Jenna and I can't catch fish. You know, and Rupert's just like, look, you guys need to pitch in and help. If I'm going to catch the fish, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Jenna's just like, I was doing other irrelevant things, Rupert. And I he, was cooking. I was cooking. And <laughs> yeah. what I love is uh, um, Rupert has a confessional that I love where he's just like, Jenna is a pain in the ass and I'm very sorry I have an alliance with her. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's the best. What a wonderful season this turns out to be. Everyone's uh, having so much fun. But that's the whole thing is that they get in this. He's like, I'm very sorry. I have an alliance with her. And it's like, you know, modern fans are probably watching this episode going like, so flip. And it's like, they just don't. Well, it's Rupert. I mean, yeah. Once you start getting Rupert and Tom fighting, it just gets painful to watch. Yeah. Part of me also feels like Rupert and Jenna at this point are like an old married couple. They've gone. They've kind of been gone through the experience together of what was Saboga, and then the only people left at this point who have experienced that, so they're kind of bonded by that experience no matter what, even though they get tired of each other, they're still I mean, loyal to a certain extent but they're still each other's number ones Yep, yep. And All right. you know, we get to the challenge Loved ones Loved Yay! one challenge <laughs> This is where all the loved ones come out and you get to see Jenna Lewis's brother Jai, and then you get uh, who else comes out? Sheehan's mom, and then Bucky Rupert's Bo, wife. Bucky comes, Bo. Oh, Bucky Bo! Oh, the Bucky Bo! I gotta say that people were entranced by Tom Tom's son named Bucky Bo. When it when Africa came out, it listed everyone's family members on their biography, and it says Tom's son's name was Bucky Bo, which is just the coolest name ever. So everyone just kind of knew about him. This, this long heard of but never seen Bucky Bo. So it's fantastic to see him actually show up in All Stars. Yep. Although it was quickly topped by Rupert's wife coming out and them just doing it right there on the map. Oh, my God. So, you know, and it, it's tough because contextually, again, you have to realize that Rupert went out for Survivor Pearl Islands and he was out there for the full 39 days. And then he came home and he was home for, you know, what, a couple weeks or whatever. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they brought him back out to Panama. So, look, I'm married and, you know... I, me and my wife were best friends. And if I had to be away from my wife for what, 80 days, you know, that's, that's a couple months, right? Like that would suck. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I would not be super fun about that. However, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's some decorum here that, that happens as well that, you know, maybe you need to get to. So Rupert and his wife, Laura comes out. Yeah. They haven't seen each other. Yeah. Laura from, you know, survivor blood versus water. Right. So like Laura comes out and like, they just like not only do they just have the big hug, but like she like wraps her leg around him, yeah, she, and they're she like makes kissing the super deeply. <laughs> I, I don't want to see Rupert doing foreplay. I'm really troubled by watching that scene. Like you know, like I was like, are are they gonna do sex? I mean, are they gonna? <laughs> is it gonna happen? It, it could. I feel like if it was aired on a network like Showtime, they would have just. Like... What, what's funny is that it's so awkward. They cut away. <laughs> they do. 
like that's the best right like it, it, they they were so intense about it that like literally the camera cuts away like they're like okay okay whoa whoa <laughs> so anyway this is the loved ones are there the loved ones they get the they get the nice hug or whatever and then rupert gets a nice hug and then they get spread over and the loved ones are standing behind a bench and the survivors are there and jeff's like this is the gross food challenge but you survivors you're not eating the gross food they're eating the gross food. Yay, Survivor Thailand. Where's Cece? Yes. Where's Helen's husband? Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I have to say, there's a lot of funny little moments in this scene, but one of my favorites, and I ranked it, it was right in the top 10 of the Funny 115. One of my absolute favorite moments of the first eight seasons of Survivor is Rob sitting there laughing with all his, all his buddies and stuff. And then all of a sudden, the Fafaru comes out. And you can see Rob's face <laughs> drop when that Fafaru walks right by him. It's, if you've never seen it, watch that scene. I wrote about it. Go to funny115.com. Look at my entry. I have all the screen caps. Or just watch it for yourself. It will kill you when you're looking for it. That Rob's face drops. I mean, it's ridiculous. It just He sees that Fafaru. You know he's the one that choked on Fafaru back in Marquesas. And his face just drops. It's the funniest thing. If you ever want to see PTSD represented in a single second on a reality show, that is that is the most accurate representation. It's so good. I, I like. I totally missed that, and then you pointed that out, and I went and watched it. I mean, it's so legitimately there, Mario. It's so good. He pulls the buffer and Rob. You just see Rob just crestfallen, like, oh shit. <laughs> It's Rob's lowest good. moment, lowest moment of the season. Lowest, even moment. lowest than when he loses Amber. It's when the Favaru comes back. You know, then Jeff says, you know, as as the rounds go, like Sheehan's mom drops out when they had to do cockroaches or whatever, and then there's the Fafaru, um, and they had to eat it like the hands the hands behind the back. I think uh, Laura Laura B gets out in that one, yes. and uh, then there's the the tarantula, right? And and that's the whole thing is that you know Jeff's like you have to just eat the tarantula, you know, and then you can have water afterwards. He says it legitimately. So yeah. then Jenna's brother, they're just eating the thing. Jenna's brother's got the tarantula in his mouth. He just starts to take a swig of water to, you know, help him chew and swallow the food. And Jeff's like, Jai, you're out. And he's just like, what are you talking about? I'm not cheating. <laughs> you took a drink of water and Jai's got the tarantula in his mouth. You never should that. <laughs> just like, I totally did. You're yeah. done. It's a and classic like, Lewis kid move. What's funny is that Jenna, doesn't Jenna basically like, yeah, he did. You know, you're yeah, out. Yeah, she, she, just, she just has a super bummed face like, oh, you just... Fucked up, Jay. <laughs> you just totally cheated, but like, you know, he's just like, what are you talking about? I didn't cheat. It's just funny that the Lewis kids are always like <laughs> so bad, and then they're like, what? I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, yeah. You would I wouldn't want to wanted- play. Obviously, I would, I would not want to play game night at their house. Yeah, just exactly. Because like, they'd be the ones hiding like the Candyland cards underneath and just throwing them on the table and all just start arguing with each other about who cheated. God damn it. Jenna hid Plumpy. Bring Plumpy, but put Plumpy back into play. <laughs> I also hope that all their kids are named with J's, like the Kardashians. Yeah, they're just, well, you know, they did, they did start with a sex tape, so I guess there is some uh, comparisons there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we then get to Grubs. Swallowing them whole and taking home the win is Bucky Bo. And I have to point out, he pulls the badass move that Matthew Von Ertfelder does where he throws it right down and doesn't chew it. So kudos to Bucky Bo. That was a good move. Good old Bucky Bo. He gets to uh, spend the night at Shapira. And then uh, doesn't doesn't Tom get to pick one more or something like that? Yeah, and he specifically doesn't pick Laura and Rupert because he doesn't want to hear them doing it all night. Yeah, yeah. I like Jenna's like pick Rupert. <laughs> Tom's just like no, <laughs> I don't think so. He, he picks Rob, so yeah. so Rob's brother gets to come and uh, <laughs> hooray! 
And there's a great quote here, again, another one of my funny 115 favorites, where Tom says, you know, it was nice that his son got to come, but I really w- wish it could have been his mother or uh, my uh, neighbor's sister. My neighbor's sister. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love that. And I love that, like, the, there's a second of, like, thought where, like, you could see Tom's, like, daydreaming, like, oh, if only my neighbor's sister were out here. <laughs> I, like, I like the dichotomy there, that within two minutes, we've gone from being horrified by Rupert getting a boner to being amused that Tom's getting a boner. Yeah, Tom Tom actually has some great has another great scene after this where like so the four of them, Tom, Bo, Rob, and his brother Mike go to the go to the old Chapare camp and they eat disgusting looking pizza and they, they kind of ask like, Oh, what's going on with the tribe? And Tom oh, has yeah. a great quote about like she ends making an alliance with the bush because she's <laughs> been talking to everybody else. <laughs> Rupert's probably like kissing that harpoon. I mean, he's just got it all figured out. <laughs> Tom and alcohol is a good combination. It, I'm assuming he's drunk. I'm not sure yeah, he is. I'm he, he, he said, is. He, and he also has the, you know, I could have taken old Rupert, but I've never seen a man slobber over a woman. Like, <laughs> oh, Tom. You're I'm so- sorry. You're, you're with Boston Rob every night with Amber. You haven't seen a man slobber over a woman? Oh, boy. Yeah, they're, they're swinging on the swing. They're, they're doing their thing. And, uh, you know, I think Tom says to Bucky Bo, like, you know, the key to this is Rob keeping his alliance with me. It's like, Tom, you were served taters last episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get, we'll just kind of skim through Bucky Bow losing the spear, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so so for those of you again following along, in addition to getting to spend the night at Shapira camp, Bo and Mike get the uh, the Patrick treatment from Marquesas and get to <laughs> spend spend the day at the Chaboga Mogo camp. Yep, and this is I believe where Rob starts gleefully mocking what he did to Lex and how he snaked him, yeah. which I'm sure must have gone over very well when uh, the people were watching that at home on TV, like Lex and Kathy. Yeah, but then you get the Rob confessional after, you know, Bo loses a spear where, you know, Rob makes fun of, you know, Bo. So, oh, yeah. you know, there's Rob just making fun of everything. You know, Bo's a bigger dumbass than his dad. I mean, Big Tom's big, you know, pretty dumb, but Bo, he's out there too. And you're like, Rob, nobody is leaving unscathed. Well, yeah, I mean, you'd watch scenes like that back then. A lot of people always wonder what was the attitude of the fan base. So you see scenes like that. You're like, Rob's not going to win. Like, at no point around this point in the season did I think, or most people at least I knew, thought that Rob could win this. Because every scene was Rob just trashing someone or being mean to someone. Or like, that Bo quote doesn't have to be in the episode. That stuff like that, the editor's only put in there to justify why Rob loses. Because there's no storytelling there that makes it better other than, wow, Rob's being a dick. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so then, again, Tom gets really mad about that later. Let's not gloss over that. This this becomes a big point later on in the season. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, then we have a fire making challenge, the good old fire making challenge, where you make the fire and then you know water the bucket and yeah, yep. that, that everyone sense. seems to fail at. It must four, be tough. Yeah, four 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 out of the six people end up end up getting disqualified from the challenge because they just run out of matches to make the fire. Well, and you remember Australia; they just were too tired to do it. it it's yeah. a tough challenge. That was one where probes kind of called them all out. Like, you guys are all dying. You guys need some more food. Nobody can finish the challenge. Yep. But anyway, it's Tom that wins, which, yeah. you know, I figured either Tom or Rupert was probably going to win the fire-making challenge. And then we lose Sheehan. Although Shocking. there is, yeah, there is a good moment here where, a lot of people don't remember this one, where Sheehan mentions, she goes, well, on my way out, I'm going to vote for the one person who's the most dangerous. Do you guys watch who I'm going to vote for? They're going to win. And it is funny because it's, sure enough, she's the one that calls Amber. You know, and it's funny because, you know, she says, it's a good scene because she says that and like, 
<laughs> they 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 talk it up. It's really big. And then the vote comes down. You can see Amber's face. She's like, oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Like, Damn it. No one was supposed to notice that I'm actually the best player here. No one's supposed to remember that I'm here. Yes. But again, it kind of goes both ways. It's like if you're yelling at the screen, like, why isn't anybody flipping and getting rid of Rob? It's like because they're not moving. And then she ends like, I'm going to make a big statement and show everyone who's going to win this game. And she points at Amber and Amber's like, "Uh oh, my spots have been blown up. But it's like, don't worry, Amber. Nobody's doing anything. It's (laughs) okay." Amber still wins unscathed. So uh, that's not for she and she lasted quite well. A lot of people have fond memories of her in all stars. I mean, it's one of those things. She probably shouldn't have been there in the first place, although you can obviously make an argument that she was interesting enough to come back. So I, I really don't hate that she was there that much. I was, wish Helen would have been there instead. But Sheehan actually had a pretty good storyline, and she had a one, that one good episode right before this. So, you know, she did the most with what she had. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we, people ask us the question of, you know, who stocked Rose from All-Stars, and it's like I think that there are very few people that did, but I think Sheehan's did. Yeah, she did. I agree. It's I didn't really care much for her after Thailand. I don't know too many people that actually did, but most people think of her pretty fondly in All-Stars, so that's saying something. I mean, her stock rose in All-Stars. That's hard to do. Very, very tough, especially as we get to this game, especially to the Final Five, and things not necessarily start going crazy, but things just kind of start getting ugly. Yeah, well, now it just kind of gets boring. That's the problem. I mean, well, it's, But holy it's shit, we're at the finale, aren't we? No, we're uh, at the Final Five. For the Final Rid- Five. Damn it, Rid- Tom so first. close. Well, th- yeah, this episode, there's really not much going on other than Rob is worried that Tom, Tom, the ultimate pawn, the swing vote, is going to go with Jenna and and uh, Rupert. So he just starts the fight between Tom and Rupert. That negates Tom. It gives re- Rob a reason to vote Tom out. That's really it. So, I mean, there's not much more to say about it than that. Yeah, they're just, it's just getting to the end because, you know, it was very clear once once the Lex stuff went down that that alliance that Rob had, him and Amber and Rupert and Jenna, was was the sticking one. And Tom was on the outs, even though he thought he was in it. And, you know, obviously Alicia was on the outs and Shannon and Kathy and whatnot. I mean, everyone was on the outs. And it's like they're just slowly picking these people off. And, look, a pagonging is all well and good, but it's like there's no fun here. There's no joy. They're all just kind of being lazy. You know, there's not a lot of work going on around camp except for Rupert just trying to do something around there. Like, there's just not a lot of redeeming value in these last couple episodes. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very telling that the episode opens with, like, Rupert talking about how everyone smells and it's just all them sitting around very, like, very, they really don't like each other. They're very, they're sniping at each other at this point. It's rainy, it's miserable. Nobody has a good thing to say about this game. And it, I just wanted to do one thing before... You go into this episode, do count the jury votes. Just look at the people on the jury at this point. This is why people always say, well, Rob got screwed. He didn't really get screwed if you look at it here. Like, Lex isn't going to vote for Rob. Uh, Kathy's on there. Kathy's mad at Amber, not Rob. So she's probably not going to vote for Amber. Alicia is furious with Rob. Uh, who else you got? Uh, Sheehan thinks Amber's the best player out there. So Amber is actually piling on the jury votes at this point, And Rob's about to backstab Tom for no real reason either. So... Again, Rob's the game's kind of about to lose. He's about to lose the game right here. There's nothing he can do after this Tom vote, to be honest. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing is that you know Rob. Real, I mean, he he tears everyone apart in interviews or in confessionals. But you know, when he brings Rupert and Jenna over, he's actually civil to the two of them, right? And you notice that Rob gets three votes in Final Tribal Council. Two of them are from Rupert and Jenna, mm-hmm. and it's like you're you're completely on the money, like. Rob doesn't get screwed in this game. Rob treated Alicia like crap. She didn't vote for him, right? He treated Tom like total crap. Tom didn't vote for him. He treated Lex like crap. 
Lex didn't vote for him. He treated Kathy like crap, but Kathy was more mad at Amber for some reason and voted for Amber. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, it's, you know, Kathy vote aside and you could say, well, Kathy's in the ultimate swing, but it's like, Kathy vote aside, Rob could have been civil with Alicia. He could have been civil with, you know, Lex probably can't be helped, yeah. but like he could have been civil with Tom. He could have been civil with these sorts of things and he wasn't. And so it, it, it just, this stuff really comes back. And like this episode, it's, it's hard to sort of look at because I mean, he is just, I mean, he is really just drilling, drilling on, you know, the whole fact that, you know, Tom just sucks and he needs to get rid of him. It really kind of sucks. Yeah. We'll come back to that more at the very end with when you count jury votes, but yeah, it's three of the votes Rob directly causes. The only one who's not emotional is she and she only one who has no ax to grind with anybody. And she votes for Amber just because she thinks Amber's the better player. So Again, we'll talk about that more later. All right, so let's go to the uh, Tom versus Rupert fight. That's really this big episode. Oh, and the drive-in movie date night. That's the other mm-hmm. thing that happens. Well, I guess the sort of beginning of this whole Tom and Rupert thing is that Jenna and Rupert are obviously talking about, at, at, at this point, they want to turn on Robin Amber. And, of course, in the eternal strategic wisdom of Jenna Lewis, she decides to strategize with Rupert while Rob is literally four feet from them listening to everything that they're saying. Jenna Lewis is the worst. Yeah, I'm so glad were... she was here. God, she's the worst. It's so fascinating. We have a special guest next week, Jay. Jenna Lewis is going to be on the show. Good. <laughs> Jenna, love you in Borneo. No, I mean, that's, it's, it's sort of like, this is sort of like the, the genesis of how Rob is kind of able to cause some tension between Rupert and Tom, because he obviously knows now that Rupert and Jenna have this plan to bring Tom over. So he's thinking, okay, now is the time that I need to make Rupert and Tom turn on themselves to prevent any of that from happening. Yep. It really, it's kind of getting to the point in the season where I really don't care who wins. It's like, I really don't root for anybody, any anybody here. And I, I wasn't at the time. It's just weird. All right, let's talk. Do you want to talk about this drive-in movie thing? It's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's a car challenge. Yay. We're still, we're still watching episodes where the car comes into effect. Chevy Colorado. At least it's not a Pontiac Aztec. <laughs> yes, we've come a long way. But anyway, oh, that's, the, it's perfect for watching movies with your mom, though. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so anyway, it's a it's a multi staged uh, challenge, just like most of the car challenges were. So uh, they they get going, and it ends with a flying fox. And poor Heidi, she wasn't there. But anyway. Yeah. To the surprise of absolutely no one, Rob wins. And he wins a car. Or a truck. Or, you know, whatever a Colorado is. And then he gets, yeah, he wins the Colorado. He gets to go on a drive-in. Like, out of the four people here, between the two big, burly, smelly guys, Jenna the annoying one, or your girlfriend, who do you want to bring on the date so you can bang in the back seat? He brings his girlfriend. To the surprise of no one, he takes Amber. Yeah. But... You know, he's like, you know, the car curse. He's, he, they talk about the car curse. The car curse is real, folks. If you don't know what the car curse is by now, what are you talking about? Basically, the person who wins the car does not win the show. Rob wins the car. Hooray! Yep, so he gets to take Amber, and then they throw in the second reward. Oh, the person who's going with you wins their own car, too. I did like Amber's confessional, where she was just like, you know, a lot of people, like, on first dates get, like, flowers, you know, but uh, he, got a, he took me on a date to a movies, and I got a car. Uh, flowers. Uh, I'll take the car. And we get to see the beginning of uh, Probe's slow, gradual uh, romance towards Boston Rob. He's, he first Jeff insists on sitting shotgun 
when uh, Rob and Amber get in the truck, and they they actually drive through the beach up to the uh, the drive-in, and Rob does this like you know he does a pretty bold stop, and Jeff's like he's giddy, he's like oh nice one, Mariana gives him a big <laughs> fist bump. Nicely done, <laughs> you know. But it, it, it's it's just like you know, come on, get your car, baby. <laughs> he should have done the stop short like Frank Costanza, so he can grab a, a cop a feel of probst. <laughs> All right, so yeah, they go to the movies. They watch Lord of the Flies. I do like uh, the the quote where it says, you know, it's the movie that sort of inspired the show. Like, you know, it's it's like those, you know, perhaps based on a true story. Yeah, kind yeah. of. I can't believe they didn't have Rupert playing Piggy. That would have been awesome. I thought Sucks. he was playing. I thought he was playing the pig's head. Sucks to your ass, Mar. <laughs> you nerds. <laughs> Sorry, I, that was good. No, yeah. I like that. Um. All right, so we get back. Anything else we want to say about that other than they probably did it that night? Wow. <laughs> well, it is interesting that Amber decide, that Amber makes the choice to decide to tell everyone else that the fact that she got a car as well ultimately doesn't have any sort of effect. And it, I think it speaks a lot towards the game, like you guys said, of like nobody was really playing to really win at this point. But like if you look at Modern Survivor, again, if, if Rob had brought Amber on the reward, we saw it in Pearl Islands with you know, Burton bringing Johnny Fairplay on the reward, like, ordinarily, you don't want to do that, but these guys are so confident uh, about the pecking order and what the finals are going to be, that they're just going to do what they want, and there's going to be no repercussions behind it. I can't get over the fact that Tom thought that Boston Rob was going to take him to the final two, because that's Tom's entire endgame. Like, oh, me and Boston Rob, me and me and uh, Aggravation, he's going to take me to the end. Like, over his girlfriend? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It really doesn't make any sense. It doesn't bode. I mean, it doesn't speak highly of Big Tom, to be honest. No. Okay, so we are uh, done with the drive-in movie, and now we're back to camp. And this is this just depressing scene where Rob is able to start a fight between Tom and Rupert by saying about three words. And really, that's this is kind of the end of the game right here. No one else can possibly get to the end once this happens because Tom and Rupert are too dumb to really do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, it was. Kind of smart on Boston Rob's part. I think a, a lot was circumstance and who came over to Shapira, but he was in an alliance with one very annoying person in General Lewis and two very hot-headed men who were very stubborn in their morals in Tom and Rupert. So, I mean, in the back of his head, he had, had to kind of think that the two of them would never want to work together. But this definitely, I think setting up a fight between them, you knew it was a bond that definitely would never mend itself to, to working together to oust the two of them. It's just weird because you have two beloved fan favorite characters just screaming at each other. Like that's not supposed to happen on Survivor. Tom and Rupert don't get in fights with people. Admit, no. okay, Rupert yells at John Fairplay every so often, but Tom doesn't get into fights with people. Okay, except Clarence. Never mind. I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's, it's it's the fact that it's Tom and Rupert, and they're just going after each other. And the problem is, is that you know they're both arguing the same thing. They're both basically like, well. You know, because Rupert's basically like, come with us, we'll vote him out. And Tom's like, no, I got Rob, Rob yeah. and Amber all sewn up. And Ro- Rupert's like, no, you don't. They're with us, dummy. <laughs> yeah. Their argument is both, I love Rob more. No, I love Rob more. Yeah. yeah. And of course, Rob has to be there to watch it, too. Of course. It's just, I hate that scene. It's just dumb. It's dumb. But, you know, the problem is, is that, you know, Rob, Rob's going to make his move on Tom here. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's just very, it's very easy to see coming. I can't again. I can't believe Tom doesn't see it coming. It's just yeah. it's shocking. Although there is that great scene in there, another one that I wrote about on the funny one fifteen, where 
Tom goes to Rob and Amber and he's explaining his situation and he's like, <laughs> Rob's like, who are we going to vote for? Tom's like, you tell me. <laughs> Rob's like, no, no, you're part of the alliance. We don't tell you. And Tom's like, no, you do tell me because I'm the pawn. I'm the swing vote. <laughs> and Amber's like, no, you're not the pawn. You're with us. I just love that scene. Just uh, Rob and Amber and, and Tom attempting to talk strategy cracks me up. You know, it, it's like they just wanted some opinion. It's like at this point, it's like Rupert or Jenna, Tom. There's not even anyone else in the game, right? Like, yeah, exactly. And then what happens after that? And Tom's like, I don't know. Like, you should know, yeah. Tom. If you're with us, you'll tell us. It's called lie. Big plans. <laughs> you know, yeah. What happens afterwards? Well, if you said Rupert first, then you probably should say Jenna next. Like, <laughs> you think. It seems like a good play. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. But, uh, yeah, then we get the challenge, and this is the ever-so-exciting word scramble. Which Tom does surprisingly well at. Yeah, I was going to say, they're, they're actually all pretty stated. I mean, obviously, it comes down to Rob versus Amber in the end, but they all maintain a pretty good pace for what it's worth. Doesn't Jenna Lewis get destroyed? She's, like, way behind. No, well, I actually, I think by the end, like, she was in last, but I think she's only in last place by, like, a couple of words. She got dusted by Big Tom and Rupert in a word search. Yay, word searching. <laughs> yeah, this is a fantastic challenge. Okay, um, so yeah, so Tom loses. I forget who wins. Is it Rob again? Or is it Amber? Yeah, Rob, yeah, Rob, Rob wins. Rob, Rob wins. And, and then uh, goodbye, Tom. In an yeah. outcome nobody could have seen coming. Yeah. Although Tom, if I recall, he has some great final words where at first he, glare, he turns around and glares at Rob, which is a great moment. And then... Uh, doesn't he say E2 uh, Brute at Tribal Council, which yeah, I he, believe is the... Go ahead. I was going to say, no, he, he brings that up at, at Tribal Council. Yeah. The first and last time Big Tom has ever quoted Shakespeare. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm pretty sure he quoted in the auction uh, in Africa when he said, hath, hath not a Jew eyes? <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's good. I like that. That's a good pull. Oh, this crap. is why we hired you, Temp, because you're nerd humor. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's tough because you know, but th- this is this is the downfall. Like if you if you haven't figured out that you know probably Rob's not winning a final vote, it's this when Tom gets voted off and then he just like l- looks back and glares at Rob. You know, you're just like, well, sucks to be you. Have you heard uh, Tom's final words on the DVD, the extended ones? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah he God. he holds up his fist at the end. He's like, "Here's your boss, son," and he threatens to punch Rob in the face. And well, he also goes through this whole role play of like, oh, there's something in my back. Oh, it's a knife from Rob. And oh, here's another one from Amber. And oh, is that one Rupert? Wow. So he's doing Julius Caesar, too. Yeah. Well, there he's, you go. He's a surprising Shakespearean <laughs> scholar, Tom Buchanan. <laughs> yes, 12 more and he'll be like Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> he went to Oxford. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> So anyway, right. we're we're at the finale now. Hooray! Thank God. I have to tell you, I sort of like turned the finale off. Like it just was tough to get through. I just didn't care. I mean, it's Tom, Rob and Amber are facing a jury that Rob couldn't possibly win, so it's kind of pointless to really go. I mean, you know what's going to happen. For those of you with the DVDs at home, this finale is the third part of the commentary, and the commentary is the final four, which is Rob and Amber and Jenna and Rupert. And this is this is definitely the dullest of the three commentaries, if you're going on there. Clearly, the gold standard is Rob, Tina, Rudy, and Jenna. And it's tough to listen to the Lex, Kathy, Alicia, and Sheehan commentary, but, you know, because they're sort of bitter. But, like, they've got funniness in there. They They have some light moments. Like, this one is literally just Rob going, look at all them. They're so sad. It's just a game. 
<laughs> and Rupert oh. going, you damn straight. Who does? And who doesn't love All Stars? Yeah, and that, that's that's one of the sad things about the Final Four as well. I would a lot of people have said that the Lex Boston Rob merge episode was the worst episode of Survivor. I would actually posit that the the All Stars finale might be one of my least favorite episodes just because it, it shows everything that's wrong with all stars you have yeah. <laughs> these players that don't deserve it getting to the end you have everyone laying down their game for robin amber you have very bitter vindictive people who are you know who have got who got betrayed by their friends it shows it's like a great canvas of all <laughs> the things that all stars did badly it's an all-stars greatest hits yeah, exactly yeah I, I, I was watching this episode and i'm thinking it should have been a bigger deal that Rupert made the final four. You think that should have been a big story, but I honestly don't remember anybody caring about that at the time. No, because he just was limping through. Like, I'm not saying the shine was off Rupert really at this point. I mean, it's going to start just to sort of come off, but like we were still in Rupert mania, right? Like Rupert still hasn't been voted a million dollars yet. We were still all about Rupert. But the problem is, is that this ending of the season was so tired. Right. And Mm -hmm. you know, Rupert was not having an effect on anything. And I mean, I think that people, you know, I don't know what you guys were thinking, but going into the final four, like to me, I was like, the winner is Robert Amber. Like, I, I you weren't thinking that Rupert or Jenna had a chance in hell mm-hmm. going into this endgame. So it was no. just like Rupert's there, you know? Yeah, it, it's really, is Rob going to win or is Rob going to get savaged by the jury? That was really the only thing mm-hmm. people were talking about. And yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot, that's kind of why we do the historians. What was What were people talking about at the time? And that's all people talked about with All-Stars. Either you really wanted Rob to win or you just wanted to tune in to see Rob get ripped apart like no juror has ever been ripped apart before. That's that's it. That was the only reason you'd watch All Stars. So the big the big portion of this first part of the re, of the finale, the final four, is the fact that Rob is trying to convince Jenna Lewis to side with him and not force a tie at the final four because of the big fear of the Purple Rock. Yes. The dreaded but seldom seen Purple Rock. So I, I actually had a question about this. So obviously sometime between Marquesas and Palau, they changed it at, at, at the final four from Purple Rock to fire making. I'm assuming was that not was it still Purple Rock at this point? Did the contestants even know what the tie-breaking scenario was and they just assumed Purple Rock from the past? I will tell you just from writing my stories at the time that, that every single story I wrote used a Purple Rock variant tiebreaker because that was all we'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I never even thought it could be anything else of a tie, as a tiebreaker. So, no, I don't think fire was around. If if the contestants knew, they certainly didn't tell us at home. I had never heard of that at this point. The Purple Rock is fun because I think it's the it's something that everyone sort of knew about mm-hmm. but, you know, wasn't seen. And the, and the thing <laughs> is, is that the Purple Rock, you know, the like the rock that would have come into play, like had, you know, things gone there in South Pacific and stuff like that, is that whole thing where like you have more than four people, right? So then, you know, the, the rock works in a way where like where you get the tie, then you do the revote. And if it's still a tie, then the person who has the necklace and the two people who voted are immune and then everyone else has to draw a rock, right? And you're like, whoa, holy crap, that's so good. But it's like when you have four people, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Why so, not? Like, it worked the, great. Because so then so then the purple rock at four is like how the purple rock worked at Marquesas at four, which is everybody except for the immunity person draws a rock. So three people draw a rock, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. And I I think that I don't know, Mike, I don't know if Survivor lays out what's going on. But I think that one of the best things that Survivor ever did was the purple rock because it was so fearful that it prevented ties for how many seasons of Survivor? Yeah, yeah uh, forever. 
for 23 seasons until they decided to just fuck it and do it again in Blood versus Water. Right. And, yep. and, and the thing is, is that there are times, and, and I would argue this would be a time where perhaps pulling a rock might be in your favor. But I mean, you know, Jenna does, she's a confessional. She's like, I've made it 37 days and I'm not going to pull a rock to, to decide my fate. And I totally understand that point of view. Like that is the fear, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. It's just tough because, you know, that, that's the thing is that Rob's coming to Jen, Jenna and saying, well, you know, Amber and I aren't, aren't, aren't wa- wavering. So you're either forcing a tie or you're going to vote out Rupert. Yeah. And again, you have to think about this, that, Females tend to do historically pretty well at that final balance challenge. So if she gets to that final three, she knows she has a pretty good chance just to beat Amber. That's how she's looking at it. So I don't think it was a bad move at all not forcing a tie. I totally understand why she didn't want to here. No, and, that, and that's the thing is that she's now – she's thinking in her head. I mean Jenna's thinking if I vote out Rupert, I have to win that final three immunity. She basically banked her game on winning final three immunity. You know, and if you draw rocks, you know, you're assuming that you know, Rob wins the final four immunity. So she's drawing rocks and it's like she and Rupert and Amber are all drawing rocks. So like if Jenna draws the rock, obviously she goes home. If Rupert draws the rock, it's just like, you know, if she had turned on Rupert, but, you know, which is there. So, like, to me, it's like, you know, you have 66% chance of the rock turning out okay in your favor and a 33% chance of it being amazing if Amber draws the rock Mm -hmm. and Amber's out. So then Rob is kind of, you know, on his own, you know, and he has to win that final immunity challenge. But then you're banking on Rupert trying to do something. I mean, you know, there's all these variables in there, but it's like. You know, drawing the rock, it's out of your fate, but you have a decent chance of it turning out okay. But it's like, it's only 33% chance. It's only if Amber draws the rock. If you draw the rock, you go home. And if Rupert draws the rock, you're in the same boat as if you turned on him. Mm -hmm. And then you have to win that final immunity. So Jenna just said, screw it. I'll vote Rupert out and I will bank on winning final immunity. And that's just, oh, you just, (laughs) you never want to be in that situation where you're like, I have to win final immunity. Can you imagine if Jenna had forced a tie? If Boston Rob draws the rock and then Jenna wins All Stars, like how they tell this story, right? Like, I, mean, if, I have like no if Amber idea wins to... Final Four or whatever, and Rob actually has to draw a rock, that would be amazing. Well, oh, Amber did win this immunity, right? Yeah, Amber she won. did. Yeah, she, yeah. Did. she did. So, r- what if Rob draws that rock and Jenna wins Survivor? Can you imagine how they'd have to tell that story? Oh my god! <laughs> I guess I guess they could have like a pretty good narrative, like a, a, a decent narrative of like she got screwed in her original season. Now she actually has strategy and made her way to the end. Obviously, they would have to. Edit some, cer- edit some certain remarks out. Yeah. She got screwed on her original season, then she got screwed in her sex tape. Now, watch as she screws them all. <laughs> <laughs> they probably wouldn't do that on the commercial. All right, so final four, yeah, basically comes down to will Jenna stick with Rupert or will Jenna get greedy? And surprise, surprise, Jenna gets greedy. So, so much for Rupert's dreams yet again. Though, again, is I mean, especially compared to his last confessional, he is surprisingly very complacent he's like i he was i mean he's he said he's, he's disgusted with jenna but he's like i you know i did i was very happy with the time i i with my experience out here and he has the best like you can tell how miserable everyone is because he has this like complete deadpan look and he goes i had a very very good experience with survivor all-stars <laughs> yes. i want that to be like a disclaimer for the for the dvd <laughs> Again, though, you know, with the with the money that was coming out in these placements, I mean, Rupert was probably ultimately, I mean, he was ultimately pleased with coming in fourth because that was a good chunk of money. Mm-hmm. Pays for a lot of tie-dye. Pays for a lot of tie-dye and, and, and whatnot. So now it's to the final three. Yay, let's uh, 
beat this dead horse on the ground, finish the season off. Yes. Final three, the paint themselves, do the rites of passage. And again, we're not calling that fallen comrades. It's rites of passage when they walk and look at all the torches. And then uh, this is where, yeah, they have to stand on it. It's like, just like the first season, the hands on the idol, they stand there and whoever lifts a foot or touches the pole or falls off loses. And classic because Jenna not only loses, she disputes that she lost in a <laughs> classic Lewis kid move. Jenna, you lifted your foot. I lifted my foot. Yeah. <laughs> Must have been real subtle. <laughs> but it's funny because the editors actually insert a shot of her foot lifting, which you know they didn't catch because it's a close-up right at that moment. Mm-hmm. But they actually insert it right there just so you, they have proof that Jenna lifted her Well, foot. could they not? Or, you know, did they have like a million cameras trained on all limbs? I don't know. It just seems to me the way it's inserted, they couldn't have possibly had that right there at that moment. It's like a close-up right on her foot. All right. I don't, I don't... Yeah, and then, and then Rob kind of tricks amber uh he talks about he's there's a there's a shot of him like squatting and holding onto the idol and amber's like oh that's so unfair for you to do that he's like what are you talking about it's like i i have to hold on to this and she touches the idol with her other hand which eliminates her so boston rob is guaranteed final two though we <laughs> pretty much said that since episode like three. <laughs> oh yeah we're up against amber oh what an exciting surprising conclusion Oh, yeah. I mean, Boston Rob, once Rupert is out at four, I mean, for those of you who play the Strathead game, there's no way Boston Rob does not go to the final two. It's, it's going to happen because he's either going to win immunity and get there. Amber's best play is to take him because Amber would be suicidal to take Jenna because it's not like Jenna's great, but you know that the jury does not want to vote for either Rob or Amber if they could. Mm-hmm. And so Amber's like, oh, gee, let me, you know, go with someone who's probably going to beat me. And if Jenna wins immunity, then she's probably just going to vote Amber out and take Rob and then say, hey, here's Boston Rob. You don't want to vote for him, right? So, like, either way, Rob was getting to the end. Yeah, and again, it's just one of the least surprising outcomes ever. There's no way Rob isn't going to be in the final two. And there's no way Rob can win a jury vote if you count them. So, like, uh, what's the point of even watching this finale, to be honest? Yeah. I mean, again, the only reason I was excited at the time, this is back when I was still writing my weekly column, and I was, it was like drag, pulling teeth to get me to write these episodes, or these write, recaps around this point in the season. But all I was looking forward to is I just wanted to see how bad Rob was going to get it from the jury. I mean, honestly, that's all I cared about in about this final episode. I just wanted to see how bloody it was going to get. Amber does mention, it's really funny, when she talks about that scene with the thing in the commentary, she talks about how like she's a notorious hand talker. And she's just like, there I went, talking with my hands, and it cost me the, the, the challenge. <laughs> yeah, they, they try to make, Jeff Charles make, tries to make this big deal of, like, Rob and Amber deciding not to cut a deal as soon as Jenna's out about, like, oh, does that mean you don't trust her? But I think they're just two very competitive people that just wanted to stick it out until the end. Uh, they're, they're, they were trying to make a mountain out of a molehill there, and ultimately, obviously, didn't come to anything. Yep. And so that's it for Jenna Lewis, who, again, it's one of those whose whose stock rose and whose fell in All-Stars. Like, Jenna's really couldn't have fallen because no one really gave a crap about the Pagongs, but no one really talks about her in glowing terms in All-Stars either. Like, she didn't really have a great moment like Sheehan had that one great episode. So I'd say Jenna's stock kind of pretty much stayed the same, if only because it couldn't have gone down. It should have gone up, but there was no reason for it to go up. She's just Jenna. I mean, she was a large contributor to why the season was so nasty. Jenna Lewis, I mean, again, I'm glad that she was there because she was sort of the de facto villainy sort of character in the season. Like, yes, 
you know, Rob was kind of villainy near the end because he was, you know, not so liked and, you know, people didn't like Lex. But I mean, that was a more personal, like, that's a guttural reaction that people had. Like, I don't like this person. But it's like, Jenna is like making fun of people. She's leading the votes early on against the winners. She's, you know, doing all these things. Also, she's like super inept at every challenge. She's complaining about cheating along the way. Like, Jenna was just priceless as far as, you know, just being like the annoying, you know, sort of figure throughout this entire season. So she did serve a purpose. And now we move move into day 39. (laughs) Jenna Lewis, she served a purpose. Yeah, man. (laughs) That's all we can say. Yeah, so now the final day, the bloodletting that is the All-Stars Final Tribal Council. So Rob and Amber have a day. Hooray. They get to Final Tribal Council. This is what we all came for. And so here it is. Lex got a mohawk, and you know, we are we we're we're about to go. And I think they they led off with Lex. Did you think they were going to lead off with Lex? No, that Lex is usually the guy they save for the end. That was yeah, awesome. at least at least nowadays that's what they do. Who did? Who was last? Was it Tom? Tom was yeah. Tom was last. Yeah. See, you can make the argument that Tom was more angry than Lex was. Even I mean, Lex was so far back that you can kind of forget that. But the Tom thing was very personal and very recent and tom was the one who really wanted to punch him out at the reunion show so you can make the argument that tom was actually the more angry anti-rob vote i can get that but i didn't know why lex went first i mean other than you know he was the first jury member but that's never how they do that (laughs) right well they're like this is gonna be ugly might as well just start it fun yeah Mm -hmm. so anyway the guy with the uh, for uh, so for clinching this win and becoming quote-unquote the best survivor player ever for for quite some time amber does not give a great opening speech. <laughs> uh, she's, you know, she's talking about like the things that got me to the end are luck and you guys not targeting me and my alliance with Rob. And it's like, <laughs> it, granted, that's no like I started playing the game at day twenty seven, but like yeah. that's it's still not great to describe your game like that, Amber. At least she didn't give any credit to meatball subs, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, it. This was one of those, you know. I don't feel like Rob or Amber did particularly well in this final tribal council. But again, just like you said, did any of it matter? Yeah. yeah. Well, Rob was so wishy-washy. You know, like, he's been such a badass all season. You know, I'm the man. I got my girl. We rode to the end. And then at the end, he just starts getting all apologetic and wussy. And like, I feel really bad that I did. Like, you got to keep your with it. That's, he might have had a, a decent chance if he'd stuck with it and said, look, I'm the badass here. I won the season. Give me my money. But he doesn't, and that's kind of the thing. If you play a game like Rob, you got to stick with it all the way to the end. You can't get wishy-washy at the end, and no one respects you. And so if he had any chance at all, he just wasn't going to win with the way he approached that final tribal council. Although I would argue, again, he had no chance. Yeah, part of me feels like he kind of – he talks about this at the reunion, about how at the final three he kind of knew that he wasn't going to win either mm-hmm. way. So maybe from his perspective, he was just trying to mend friendships. And he thought that yeah. maybe just by trying to connect to them on a personal level again, he'd be able to kind of uh, – he, he wouldn't win the money, obviously, but he'd be able to kind of mend these bridges that he just burnt. That's an interesting yeah. point that you bring up, that just for the fact that, like, Rob wanted to do a little bit of damage control. Because you're right, like, you know, he, I think he felt he couldn't win, you know, and, and maybe it's just because everyone knew each other. Another reason why people shouldn't know each other when they go out to Survivor, because if these are strangers, he probably just owns up to it and does the the facade and that's it, you know. But since he knows some of these people outside of the game, maybe he was trying to do a little bit of damage control. That's an interesting thought. 
Now, this I have to bring this up. I've heard a lot of there's a lot of huge Boston Rob fans over the years, obviously. Sure. And I hear this argument all the time, and I wanted to bring it up because they'll kill me if I don't bring it up. A lot of people will say, well, the reason Rob was the best player ever is because he won All-Stars even if Amber won, and he knew that. So they're saying he set it up in a way that no one else has ever done, and that not only does he win, but if his wife wins or his girlfriend, he knows he's going to ask her to marry him at some point. But if his girlfriend wins, he wins the money either way. So a lot of people, Boston Rob fans, will say he didn't actually lose All-Stars. He set it up so he won both ways, which I don't agree with that argument, but a lot of Boston Rob fans hold that opinion. Uh, again, I, I'm totally against that, but I had to mention it because it's floating around out there. That's like, to me, that's like in modern seasons, they do the vote for like the who's the player of the season or whatever. Yeah. You know, that the fans get to vote for. It's like saying that that person is the real winner of the season. It's yeah. like, I, I get the argument. And I mean, that's the thing is that if Rob were to have any chance in this game, he has to take Amber to the end. Yeah. You know, he has to take Amber. And, you know, he does he does say in the commentary, you know, like they're just like, I'm so pissed that you two are here. And Rob's like, well, you had to vote for one of us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's always nice. You know, and I think Rob really liked, you know, Rob really had feelings for Amber and was thinking about dating her and perhaps popping the question to her and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But like to me, that that sort of like it's funny because people are very big pro Boston Rob defenders defenders and saying, you know, Rob set it up so that he was going to win the money either way. And it's like, I don't like Rob and Amber are still together. They're very happily married. They, you know, have had this nice life together. And it's like, if you're saying that you're saying that like, he sort of set it all up so that, you know, he would, you know, propose to Amber because she was going to win the million dollars. Like that seems really jaded in a weird way. And I don't really want to attribute that to them. Yeah, not to mention, I mean, Rob is a, an extremely competitive person. This is the guy that refused to sit out an immunity challenge and who decided not to even broker a, a deal at the final three immunity challenge and stood up there another hour. I really doubt that he was like, I'm okay with second place. Like, I think he very clearly wanted to win. He just then immediately saw the situation of like, oh, I can't win. I, I don't, I mean, I think he was playing to win the whole time. I don't think he really looked at Amber and said, like, okay, so I'll just take her to the end no matter what I win. Yeah. Also, you can that. tell that he wasn't happy with it because he's he, he didn't stop coming on the show until he won the show. It's a good argument. Mm-hmm. If he was cool with it, he would have been done after All-Stars. And don't give me this BS of, like, oh, he's just a competitive person. Like, you can tell he wanted to win the show, to be named the winner of a Survivor season. He wanted to carry his family on his back, literally. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So I don't fully buy that argument because if Rob were super satisfied with that, he would have never come back. Okay, this leads an interesting discussion here that a lot of people will want to know this question. What did the audience think of the end of All-Stars? Did they think that Rob got screwed in the same way that a big majority of the audience thought that Russell got screwed? This is something that comes up all the time. Now, I don't know what your opinions on that are. I know I can just say what I remember at the time. I don't remember hardly anybody thinking that Rob got screwed. It's just, it, was, it was just different, a different mindset back then in the uh, early days of Survivor that the audience tended just to go with how the season ended. All right, that's just how it ended. I mean, <clears throat> you might not like it. You might not appreciate the way it went down, but that's just kind of the way it went down. I don't remember a huge outcry over Boston Rob got screwed the way it came later. No. But I do remember. I just remember uh. people thinking – 
I wish Boston Rob would have won. That's what I remember that, more than anything. That's it. I think people were were more of along the lines of, boy, it would have been cool if Rob had won. Yeah, yeah audiences tended not to second guess the ending as much back then. Well, I think I think the big kind of distraction from Rob getting screwed was the proposal. I was I just mean, yeah, they talk they they talk about it in America's Tribal Council, but like. Robin Amber became the cover of like three different magazines. The proposal was one of the biggest survivor moments ever in that yeah. like everybody was talking about it. So I don't even remember that much talk about Amber winning as much as it was about the proposal. Yeah. Yeah, that, Rob kind of stole her thunder a little bit there. He kind of stole her thunder, but you know, they had it together because, you know, if people don't know this and we'll I'll just say it now, like after this season you know, in the proposal, Robin Amber's wedding gets a television show. Robin Amber get their own reality television show where they're, Rob tries to learn how to play poker. Mm-hmm. And then they go on the Amazing Race a couple times, you know, and race because they're competitive people and they go on the Amazing Race. So, you know, Robin Amber do, you know, some reality television-y sort of stuff after this as a couple. They become like a reality couple and people cared about about them as a couple sort of status. So, you know... They did okay for themselves after this. Okay, well, I guess this comes into the next question. Do you think Rob got screwed? No. Yeah, I, I, I am so against that argument. I, I will tell you why. This is something I've been saying for years, that there was only one person in that game who really didn't have an axe to grind with anybody, and that was Sheehan. Sheehan really couldn't care less. She was just there voting for the best player. So... Boston or Lex, that was an anti-Rob vote, which was 100% caused by Rob. And again, we can call him bitter all you want. You can say that was unavoidable. It probably was unavoidable, but it was still 100% anti-Boston Rob because of Boston Rob. Alicia was 100% anti-Boston Rob because of Boston Rob. And again, that was totally avoidable. The Tom thing, he could have handled so better, so much better. I mean, it just it was ridiculous how, how, how brutal he was to Tom on his way out. So that's three anti-Boston Rob votes that are all 100% his fault. And again, you can say bitter juror all you want, but like those guys had a legitimate beef with him in an era when you stuck by your word for the most part. You, if you cut someone loose, you did it in the right way, and he did it the wrong way. So that's three Boston Rob votes that are all his fault. And then you got the one in the middle, the one you can't accuse of being bitter. She has no axe to grind with anybody. She just said, you know what? Amber's the best player. So Sheehan has no emotional tie to anything. She just thinks Amber's the best player. She wanted. She said it. She warned everybody about it. And she's like, you know what? My vote's going to be the one that swings and costs the win. And that's it. That really is it. So I just don't see how you can say Rob got screwed when he was responsible for all the votes that were against him except one. And that was the one vote who had no emotional tie about anything. Yeah, I think, um, I think Kathy says it best in her jury speech when she – basically implores Rob that, you know, it would, you've been playing a devilish game, but I think you could have taken a parallel course, essentially mm-hmm. saying, like, you could have made the same moves, but you decided to be this cocky kid who decided to, you know, give the middle finger to all the people that he had made friends with. I definitely think, you know, as we see even in the next season, someone like Chris Doherty is, was able to get away with, and Todd, you know, Todd in China was able to get away with these things, but he was able to kind of do them in a way that, Earned their respect, not necessarily said like, "Oh well, screw you." I hated you from the beginning. I, there's a certain amount of tact when it comes to final tribal council, and I think Rob learned that very easily. Yep, Probe says it several times during the season. In fact, he says it during the Lex and Rob episode. It's not who you vote out; it's how you vote them out. 
it's something again, that gets lost, I think, you know, in, in modern eras and stuff like that. And it's, to me, it's, it's the fundamental part of the game. I mean, everyone always has a good idea of Survivor. You know, oh, you need to do this. You need to find an idol here. You need to blindside a person here. You need to flip a person here. And it's like, you know, Richard Hatch says in the season, you know, when he's talking about like, you know, talking this and talking, you know, about catching fish and all this. He's like, that's all extra stuff. This, the talking to the people, that's the game. You know, yep. and it's like there is no real hard and fast rule of survivor. We say all these things. We give all these things lip service. And, you know, I've said tips on, you know, how to do well in survivor. And Mara, you have tips on how to do well in survivor. But ultimately, what's the rule of survivor, you know, in order to win? It's to it's to have the jury of your peers vote you a million dollars. Yep. Don't be a dick. And how do you <laughs> do that? Right. I mean, you know, easier said than done. Right. Othello, minute to learn, lifetime to master. But it's like. <laughs> Ultimately, if the people like and respect you, they'll vote for you. Yeah. It's that and again, simple and yet and it, so difficult. And again, it, you always have to bring that up whenever people say Rob got screwed. You know what? Sheehan was not bitter. Sheehan liked and respected Amber and thought she was a really good player. So that's kind of the swing vote. And that there's I mean, Amber was a good player. She did a good job not pissing people off other than Kathy a couple times. But so, yeah, no, it's I just do not like arguments that Boston Rob got screwed when he was 100% at fault for all of it. And yeah, the bitters, the jury was bitter, but that's what happens when jurors get screwed over. That's what happens if they don't get voted out correctly. And it's a good life lesson. And really, I could go my whole life without ever hearing the term bitter jury, every, jury ever again. All-Stars is one that people love to bring up about that. It's tough because we don't have any, again, Survivor is not a game that you could play at home, like like baseball or or something like that. Like it, it, it's a, it's a game that sort of uniquely lives out there on the island. And so those of us who've never played it, we can't tangibly do anything. So really, all we can do by armchairing is watching the episodes and basing things on that. And the thing is, is that in the television format, somebody who is controlling the game actively tends to come off looking like they are a better player. And I'm not saying that they are, or they aren't, but you know, a lot of times audiences tend to gravitate toward players that are, that have a more active role in the game. Amber did not have as active a role in the game as Rob did. I mean, it was Rob that was winning the immunities that was, you know, making the tough cuts here and that sort of stuff. He granted, he and Amber were talking strategy the whole way. And Amber was definitely a part of it. And Amber totally knew what was going on, but it was like, Amber's playing the more, She's playing the good cop role. She's, you know, consoling people. She's telling people that they're great. She's giving people hugs. She's doing all of the things that are ingratiating everyone to her. And more importantly, she's letting Rob do all of the really nasty work. And it's like, you know, people, I think, you know, when they say Rob got screwed, the problem is I think they're just tangibly looking at at the episodes and saying, Rob seems to be doing more. I think Rob should therefore win because it seems like he's doing more. But it's like, that's not, that's not the point of the game. The point of the game is to get people to vote you a million dollars, you know? And Absolutely. it's like, that's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a disconnect because like at home, all we can judge on is what are you doing to get yourself to the end? And we see all this because we're seeing all the camera angles and we're like, Rob did a whole lot. Rob got, you know, steered this thing all the way to the end. Rob should win. But it's like, that's not, that's not the point of the game. And again, her her type of strategy was much more successful in the early days, which the players would have known. This is not would not have been unknown to them that 
it it's very successful a successful way of playing to get to the end and make friends and don't piss people off. So it's like her successful in the long run has been way more successful than his was. So again, it's just I don't buy this he got screwed argument. I think she was just a better player than he was, to be honest. Yeah, if anything, it's it's definitely a good argument of the the long running philosophy of the game that is you know, being big and flashy won't necessarily give you a million dollars. Yep. No. It, it, it just it just comes into play. I mean, that's when, when people rank winners. A lot of times winners get ranked in higher for people that play a game that is more, I guess, tangible to the viewers at home. You know, something that we can see. You know, someone like, like Todd or like Yule or like Kim Spradlin in One World. It was like, not only did the jury like them and want to vote them a million dollars, they were actively controlling the game. And we at home can see that. So tangibly, we were like, that Kim is amazing. She should totally win. And then she does. And we're like, hooray, I think the right person won. And it's like, the problem is, is that there's a disconnect sometimes with, you know, the winner and what happens. Sometimes the winner gets incredibly lucky at the right time. And hey, they win the game. And that's great, you know. But, you know, maybe they didn't play the best game all the way through. They just, you know, breaks went their way. But it's like, a lot of people are playing a game that is just very social is not the right word, but they are, they're doing all the things they need to do, ingratiate people and get people to like them. And when they're in the end and people are like, Oh, I can vote you a million dollars. I'm totally voting you a million dollars. And it's like, maybe us as an audience, we can't see all of the things that they're doing mm-hmm. to win the game, but, but they're there mostly. I mean, there are exceptions. There are always exceptions, but uh, you know, you know, Amber, played good cop to Rob's bad cop, and that was the way to be. Yeah, people will say Amber only won because Rob lost. And I'm like, yeah, that's how it works. I mean, yeah. what more do you, you don't need to say any more than that. That's kind of how Survivor yeah, works. That's how the final two worked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and that, that's perfect, right? I mean, you just said it right there. Amber maybe didn't win. Rob lost more than Amber won. It's like, well, correct, but that then makes Amber the winner. <laughs> yeah. You like, know, like... <laughs> That's why I think ranking winners from different seasons is silly. Like, well, they're all playing under different criteria. Like, if you got to the end and you won, great job. You did a great job at Survivor. And I really don't, I don't like to quantify or qualify it any more than that. They did it great under these circumstances. Yep. So go and watch the jury speeches. Lex is bitter. You know, people are, people hold Rob's face to the, to the fire a little bit. But I mean, it's just basically they're mad and Rob just is kind of wishy-washy and he doesn't give them the satisfaction. He doesn't get indignant and he gets kind of sorry, but they're not really accepting his apology. So it also sort of washes out. I thought it was sort of lame. Yeah. And I got, I have to say one thing about the Lex thing that a lot of people just get really mad how bitter Lex was. The only thing I like to say to that is to point this out from Lex's point of view. And again, you have to mention the pregame Alliance stuff here that Lex and Amber was not the Alliance. Lex and Rob was the Alliance. So if you look at it from that point of view, just thinking of that, Lex's uh, anger makes a lot more sense. Like, we're in an alliance, and you sold me out for a girl you just met. So, I mean, yeah. again, I, I don't think Lex is a great guy in All-Stars. I think he was as much as responsible as anybody for why it went down. But you have to look at that variable. That's why Lex is so mad. Yeah, though I think the one comment that really gave him a lot of flack, and we, we saw this at the reunion, is his whole, he decides to make this comment about how, in this game, Survivor is life. And it was like... Especially, unfortunately, coming from a season that was edited for, as we talked about many times, just business, no friendships out here. It was uh, a little mm-hmm. little tough to swallow. All right, you guys want to get to some uh, listener questions? I got a bunch of them. Yep, Amber wins. Let's Amber, go wins. Amber wins. He proposes. 
Yes. Reunion's Amber, awkward. <laughs> Amber becomes the greatest player in Survivor history. Yes. Yes. So 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 real quick before the uh, before the listener questions. Yes. Amber wins. Rob proposes to Amber at the finale. You all should know this. And if you don't, shame on you. Go back. Rob proposes. It's a great moment, and everyone's like, "Oh, was it legit?" Or blah blah. blah. Maybe you were thinking it at the time, but Rob and Amber, all these years later, still married, have kids, still to be incredibly in love. So you know what? Let's cut them a break. Good job, guys. Uh, Amber wins, and then we have a reunion with a lot of people in Madison Square Garden, and Jerry gets booed off the stage. Oh, God. Oh, we got some questions about that. That's good. We'll talk <laughs> oh, about good. it. Go, go, go. All right. In fact, right off the bat from Gary Dreslinski, he wrote in, Jerry being booed for saying that survivors are people too. If all stars could be summed up in one moment, that was it. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they had the reunion like it was at Madison Square Garden, right? Yeah. And like yeah. they had a, like thousands of people there. Like the whole garden wasn't full, but the, you know they, the way it was set up, they had you know hundreds upon hundreds of people in this reunion. And it, mob mentality really sort of took over, right? And so Jerry's just up there, and I mean she's trying to innocuously answer a question, and she gets booed, and then she's trying to, and she gets booed even more, and then it just sort of spirals out of control. And uh, you know, poor Jerry, she didn't come back after the commercial break. Well, she was making a great point, too, that, you know, this is an ugly game and people are ruining relationships. They're going through horrible, horrible things on TV for your amusement. She's like, what price is it for us, the the contestants, to go through this on national TV, which is a very valid point. And I'm glad she mentioned that because that is a, a nasty undercurrent that's ridden around Survivor for years that people are, like, killing themselves for our amusement at home. And the audience boos for her for making a totally valid point. It's just a really ugly moment. Yeah, it's- the unfortunate thing is that Rob Sester, you know, actually talked about this recently about how with all those people in there compared to like the hundreds, maybe like 300 that used to be at the reunions, like it was, mo- it was more like a, a wrestling atmosphere than anything. So it was like once, once a little group started getting something going, it was a whole huge thing. Like at the, at the, at the reunion, we have Rupert screaming back and forth between the crowd for at least like three minutes just because a little sector gets going. So unfortunately Jerry, pays for this huge crowd booing her and that's why that's one of the reasons why i feel like the american tribal council had such a much smaller like in-house studio crowd and that's i think that's another reason why jerry came back as well Hmm. interesting yeah and that's why all reunions now are on a smaller scale it's all due to survivor all-stars and just the craziness that audience was yeah you want to say do we want to talk about the contractual obligation controversy um, which one well, there was the one about didn't Jerry after so after the whole incident didn't Jerry speak out to all these media outlets about how like mo- you know most of them didn't want to be there but they had to go because of contractual obligations. Yeah, that all goes back to the first season that the Stacy Stillman. Yeah, the Stacy Stillman that the producers strong armed the players into appearing for a very small fee in the reunion show because that wasn't in their contract. That reunion show was kind of thrown together and the players didn't really want to go, but CBS said they had to. And so after that, starting in season two, CBS mandated in their contract that the, the reunion show is part of the, the contract now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, no, that's, that wouldn't surprise me at all. That Yeah, well, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of the All-Stars didn't want to go to that reunion show. It wasn't the place they really wanted to celebrate. They didn't want to be there for Boston Rob and Amber winning. Yeah, that, and that's, you know, that, that's, that's just against sour grapes. It's, you know, well, I didn't want to go, but I had to go. It's yeah. like, yeah, you had yeah, to go. Right. You, you signed a contract. <laughs> Here's a great question. This is one of my favorite Survivor fans, a girl named Catherine Dew. She wrote in and said, The worst part about All-Stars is that you would think that watching the season play out would teach the audience that even though Survivor is a game, the emotions and betrayal are very, very real to the people who play it. 
Yet, what most of the audience seems to get out of it was, LOL, it's just a game, why are these people so butthurt? An attitude that which continues to this very day. I think that's an excellent point. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> it's all the audience gets out of All-Stars. Everyone was butthurt. Well, no shit. Like, if you knew all the stuff that was going on behind the scenes, there's a reason everyone was butthurt. That was just a bad idea for a season. Yeah, I, I guess... I'll oh, go ahead, Jay. No, you go. Well, I was going to say, I, I think it just goes back to this whole idea of, like... I mean, it is a TV show, and to these... To, to these... A lot of the audience members, they're not... Necess- they might have been real people in, like, the first season. That was the big hook, was that they were bringing real people together. But other than that, now they're... And by All-Stars, they were just characters. You know, they were just kind of pieces on the viewer's chessboard. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, if you were watching an episode of, I don't know, ER, you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, man, these these are people and they're getting their feelings hurt. You're like, oh, I'm enjoying the drama that these characters are going through. I think that was the attitude that people were having even by All-Stars. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and what I was going to say is in more modern seasons of Survivor, there's been a large shift, and the shift is to you know, being a more game body, you know, going into this whole strategic thing. And, and I, you know, the game is more strategic now. But at the same time, you know, people try to do, you know, the robot sort of strategic thing. And every once in a while, emotions get into play. And then people play, you know, off of their emotions. And then everyone's very shocked by it. And it's like, you shouldn't be shocked. Emotions are going to come into play more often than not. And you're going to act on those emotions. And it's like, Go back and watch these simpler seasons, and you could see that in spades. It's no different. You know, people try to cover it up now, but it's like, yeah, the game can get more complicated, and people can be out there to play and to win and to, you know, do all this strategic stuff, but people are going to get their feelings hurt. And it, it always just, even after 20 whatever seasons of Survivor, people in the final Tribal Council were like, I came in this just saying it was just a game, but, you know, it's more than just a game. It's like, yeah, it's emotional. Mm-hmm. It always has been, and it always will be. Mm-hmm. All right, here's a good question from Mark Kalzer. He writes, what I'm curious to know is, how did the fan community receive All-Stars? Was it as polarized as the opinion over Boston Rob? Did some people gush over it? Were viewers so in love with Rob and Amber that they couldn't stop talking about it? Was there any real consensus at the time? Um, that's a tough one to answer. I hate saying what everybody was thinking at the time. I mean, all you can do is speak in generalizations. The consensus among most people at the time that I knew was that it was kind of a survivor season gone bad, to the point that Probst was even admitting in interviews afterwards that they never should have done it. It was just a bad idea. So I think that was the opinion of most people. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of Boston Rob fans out there who loved it. There's people who think he got screwed. Again, although obviously it was never as vocal as the Russell stuff. That Although I will point out that for years, Boston Rob was kind of the cautionary tale on how not to play a Survivor season in All-Stars. So I should bring that up. But there wasn't really a consensus other than, yeah, that was kind of unfortunate. (laughs) I think that was pretty much what most people thought. What saves All-Stars and what saved it at the time, Mark, was Rob and Amber and their proposal and their engagement. Mm -hmm. Because once that happened, the the finale and stuff didn't, didn't really become about the season itself i mean you know they we had the ugly stuff with jerry getting booed and all you know lex and rob sort of having it out but it was like once rob and amber did their thing and they got proposed and and all that sort of stuff that sort of became the focus and then we had america's tribal council what a week later where we gave rupert a million dollars and we all love rupert right so it's like we had this sort of sad season of survivor 
But immediately coming out of that season is we get to fawn over Robin Amber and Rupert winning a million dollars. And that's sort of what stuck with people. It was kind of one of those maybe PTSD things where everyone's like, well, don't you just remember the season that just happened? Yeah, well, let's look over here at Rupert. Rupert won a million bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. The The ending definitely helped kind of uh, erase everyone's memories from the, the bitterness that existed in the beginning of the game and the, obviously the bitterness that existed at the end as well. So it was, it was unfortunate. It was an unfortunate season that went from like negative but entertaining to boring to ne- to just plain negative, but with two little bright spots at the end. People were at least satisfied, but they were definitely looking forward to another season with all new castaways. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's a good question from uh, Bog- Bogda he wanted to know- go by. Is it true that they were originally told that they were playing for $2 million and that all that changed because of Rupert's popularity? So America's Tribal Council was just a way to give Rupert a $1 million and $1 million to everybody else, too. Jerry has said this in other podcasts, that this was one of the reasons that everyone seemed to be so bitter and in a general bad mood on All-Stars, because the producers changed the rules on them. That's not something I'd ever really heard until recently, so I don't have a lot of background on this. It wouldn't surprise me, just because I'd heard rumors at the at the start of the season that it was going to be for more than $1 million. They'd up the stakes because it was a bigger game, and then it ended up not being. So that wouldn't surprise me. I just don't know any any truth behind that at all. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. I, I know that the the payouts for the placements other than the million-dollar winner were different. Like, uh, you know, I think that, you know, instead of second place being 100000 I think it was more like 250000 you know, and, and it went down from there. You know, and maybe that scales to a $2 million prize that they then, you know, went back on. I don't know, though. I don't know anything about that. Uh, it's kind of going back to what we talked about with the with the second switch at the final 10. It's just like if they were doing that, I think it would be it would be like playing with fire. They would get called out, out on it immediately. And you have to ask all these questions then of like, at what point in their production process did they feel like they wanted to change the amounts? I think I think the upped amounts were were just enough. I don't know when in the production process they decided to have America's Tribal Council. Some have said that it's it came when they after they filmed and they found out that Rupert didn't win. Others said it was from the beginning. That I'm not sure, but I I really doubt they would have brought people in for two million dollars only to say like halfway through like psych, uh, just one million dollars. I have to say the timing of that America's Tribal Council was very disrespectful to Amber. Like they just completely took all the the attention away from her win. And admittedly, not that many people were thrilled with Amber winning, but. I've never seen a winner sold out that quickly until the next season when Probes sold out Chris Doherty right there at the reunion. But we'll talk about that. But Julie. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Here's a good question from Logan Saunders. People had a polarized reaction to All-Stars, but was there a sentiment of Survivor should do another All-Stars as soon as possible floating around among the fans? Uh, No. 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 (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) It was just – even Probes was saying there there was no way he wanted to do that again. So, no, there was – no one really wanted to see that again. It was just an ugly ending of a chapter of Survivor, in my opinion. No one wanted to see it again, but I will admit this, that I thought that season 16 would be another Survivor or another All-Star season. I just thought they were going to do a pattern, you know? Mm-hmm. Not yeah. saying I wanted it. I just was like, they won't do one for... They'll they'll do more seasons, and then they'll have another All-Star with those guys. All right, yeah, here's I a mean, good... that, Yeah, oh. I was going to say that it's not... It's not- shows about and people were i mean people have kind of 
loosened up on that mentality, but, like, the game is about 16 people who don't know each other. People were like, well, this is okay for a season, but we want to get back to what we like. Yep, I agree. Okay, a simple question from David Waksberg. Who did you think was going to win? <laughs> I'll go last on this one because I have a funny answer on this one. Well, at what point? Yeah, yeah. that's the question. Um, you know, I didn't give it, like I said, I, I don't really approach seasons. I don't do a lot of pre-gaming. I don't do a lot of this, that, or the other thing. I mean, you know, Mario had more thoughts into this beforehand, so Mario can probably, you know, wax prophetic on that sort of stuff. But, you know, it, it just became very clear at the beginning that, you know, a lot of the bigger names were going to get picked off quick and you're going to be left with people. So you were looking at people like Rob and Jenna and Amber and stuff like that because, like, they were the lesser names at that point. And then, you know, you saw Rob get on a roll and you saw you were like probably someone from Shapira wins. But once they took over and vote out Lex at the merge, you were like, well, it's going to be Rob or Amber. It's just what's going to happen. And probably, you know, as as the, the thing went on, you're like probably not Rob. So, you know... I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't as convicted back then in the sense of like, I was, I knew for weeks, like, oh, well, Amber's winning, but it was like, you kind of figured it would be Robert Amber at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I was unfortunately one of my first interactions with Survivor Sucks. I was completely spoiled, uh, because I don't know, we really didn't touch about this, but the rumor was that Jeff Varner kind of helped spoil the entire season, or at least, at least the end game. So, in terms of, I guess, I was spoiled on who I thought would win, but on who I liked to win, I was still a big, big Rupert fan at the time. Um, so I was I was pulling for him. Uh, I was pulling. For, I was basically, in the end game, I was pulling for anyone but Rob and Amber. To this day, I'm, I'm still not a fan of, like, monotony that can ensue. Uh, and I was like, okay, anybody but Rob and Amber just get together with Sheehan, get together with Tom, and somehow figure it out. Uh, pre-merge, I was a big, big Ethan fan, and I still am to this day, just because of the performance he did and how entertaining he made everything. Yeah, it's funny in my case because I, like Jay said, I'd had a lot of thoughts about All Stars before there ever was one. I'd not only written three stories about it, but it, those weren't just stories. That was me playing out All Stars, basically like a role-playing game, figuring out how it would happen. And what was funny from my experience, this again, this was before there ever was an All Stars is that I figured out a woman would always win All-Stars. I could, even if I tried to stack my stories, I could not envision scenarios where men would win All-Stars. Every one of my stories had a female winner. In fact, one of my stories I even rewrote and did over, and I still got a female winner. So I got four female winners in four tries, no matter how hard I tried. So I knew this going into All-Stars, having crunched all the numbers and run all the scenarios, that it was almost guaranteed that an under-the-radar female was going to win. So if you look at, I have all my columns are all on my archives page from when I was writing my weekly columns for All-Stars. And from almost minute one, I said one thing. I said, Amber or Jenna Lewis is going to win. And I had no spoilers. I didn't know anything about the season other than those two have no business being there. They will never be a threat. No one will ever vote them out. And it's funny because how accurate I ended up being to the point that I was honestly surprised that Rob got three votes at the end because I just don't think a man can win an all-star season like that. It just doesn't work. They all target each other. So I was so thrilled that Amber won because that's exactly who I'd been hyping all season long in my column as the one who was the most dangerous. So when Sheehan started pointing it out, when she won, there could not have been a happier person. In fact, that's the one bit of joy I have out of all-stars, that it made me look smart. And again, it's not just that I was smart. It's that I'd done all this research. I had played all these scenarios for years in my head, just role-playing stuff. 
And that's just the way that All-Stars work. Someone like Amber was destined to win that season every time. It's just the way it works. So I thought Amber was going to win, and I was could not have been more thrilled that she won, even though she should not have been there in the first place. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, here's a, a question from Felipe Chamon, or Chamon. He says, had Vanuatu been before All-Stars, who would have been subbed in and subbed out in the cast? Now, that's an interesting question. If Vanuatu had been before All-Stars, who makes the cast? Julie! <laughs> <laughs> well, the obvious one, and this is someone we're just going to really, really hype next season, is Amy. Amy yeah. was such a big character at the time. I mean, she just would have been absolutely eschewing like Rupert for just how big she was at the time. She would have been a slam-dunk All-Star, and she probably would have replaced someone like... Uh, Kathy, I hate to say. I mean, I don't know, but that's the demographic right there. Or she probably takes out Jenna Lewis, maybe. But Amy's the first one that comes to my mind. Yeah, d- definitely, definitely not Chris. As much as things have, <laughs> as as much as definitely things have warmed over, Chris was Chris was on the uh, like the Brian Heideck level of like very a very despised winner, and they the show would not lend itself any credit if they brought him back. No, no, I think. Amy, Amy's the choice. If you're bringing back a second person, you're probably looking, uh, you're probably looking in the direction of Twyla or Eliza. Yeah, Eliza's an interesting one. We'll talk about her a lot. It's mm-hmm. she's. I've never really understood if she was actually popular or not. So we'll we'll talk about her. But she's an interesting <laughs> choice. Right. I'm just thinking, not even just who they did bring back, but like, it's tough to bring a male back because really the one standout male was Chris, and they were <laughs> yeah. never bringing Chris back. Right. No. Yeah. Like, Never. you know, you're not bringing Rory back. You're not bringing Sarge back. You're not bringing those guys back, you know, as entertaining as they were. And spoiler alert, people, I freaking love Survivor Vanuatu. It is one of my favorite seasons, if not. Well, it's top. It's it's my second favorite season. I'll just say it right now. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's so good. And it's like, you know, I love these characters, but you don't bring them back for a for 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 another show. You really don't. And so you sort of have to look at the females because, you know, they were the driving force of that season. Amy is clearly the standout, you know, and as influential as Leanne was, you probably don't bring her back, you know, so like, and you don't bring Scout back. You just never bring Scout back for anything ever. (laughs) (laughs) So really, so really the, the remaining females is Twyla, Eliza and Julie. Yep. Yeah. It's a good breakdown. (laughs) All right, uh, what do we got here? Uh, from Mike Skull, if Rob doesn't make the deal with Alicia when he thinks that Amber is getting voted out, could he have gotten Alicia's vote at the end and won? I've always thought Rob was too quick to make that deal with her. And yeah, that's something I mentioned when we came to it. I think that is the vote that sealed Rob's fate. I think he could have won if not for that vote, and it was 100% his fault because he didn't need to make a final two deal with her and then vote her out immediately after slamming her in his slam book. I'm, I'm interested as to, like, I wonder how Alicia, I mean, Alicia was obviously at the bottom of the total pull of her alliance, but how would she have reacted if obviously the same circumstances happened and she was just voted out? Would she be, obviously she wouldn't be as bitter towards Rob, but would she still, she, I'm, I'm, I would be surprised if she didn't have any sour grapes towards that alliance at that point. I think so, she votes Amber either way. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, if you think back to Australia, she was all about the girl power, right? She voted for Tina to win too there. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> I was I was gonna say I think I think you saw Robin Robin and Alicia argue from the first day they butted heads I don't think Alicia like I think she respected Rob but I don't think she ever really liked him as much as she was able to bond with Amber. Yeah, you could make the argument if Rob does not completely botch 
Alicia's, you know, exit, you know, maybe she considers voting for Rob, whereas, you know, in the present time, she didn't consider voting for him ever for Mm -hmm. like zero seconds. Maybe she considers it. I still think she votes Amber. But if you make the argument to me, well, you know, if he really, you know, worked her, you know, while she was there and and all that stuff. I mean, I guess I can buy that argument, but I don't know. To me, it just seems like Alicia's probably voting for Amber either way. All right. You convinced me. And I agree with you. I don't think she's voting for Rob. All right. uh, Evan DeRoach writes in, how low was Amber ranked as a winner at the time? Was low. she as, as lower than v, v or Jenna? Low. Well, yeah, obviously the worst, low. The worst. <laughs> I'll just go even further in saying if you were a female that won Survivor, you were ranked at the bottom. That's just how it worked at the time. But yep. yeah, she was the worst of the worst. Low. Jeff Probst and, and Colby Donaldson make fun of her on the Australia commentary <laughs> if you listen to it. Next question. All right. Uh, this is from Logan Saunders. Was this the first time where the whole question of does Survivor end now come up? Uh, it did not come up whatsoever. No, I mean, absolutely not. Yeah, Jeff hinted that this might be a good time to stop and they should never do All Stars again. But I think that was to the extent of where it went that they just shouldn't do All Stars again. I don't think right. there was ever a strong undercurrent that it should end now. No, especially especially when they were pulling such huge numbers. And, and as as negative as the season was, it was a very rejuvenating season the the combination of the streak of like amazon pearl islands and all stars was was great for the franchise and just that it got people back into survivor again mm-hmm. all right uh here's a good one from uh michael cermak do you think there would have been less hurt feelings if rob had agreed with amber to placate lex for a round and vote out Sheehan instead and he has a part two and i'm sure you will discuss this but what happens if rob goes up against jenna in the final two um, second, I've always yeah, second I've always, part first. He right, loses. Second, you think Rob loses to Jenna? Yeah, it's a tough one because Jenna obviously is not that well liked. She's not nope. that well respected. She's it's horrible. one of those. It's one of those. It's just because they hate Rob, and it's 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 interesting because people send, tend to genuinely like Amber, other than Kathy being snippy with her at times. They kind of really liked Amber, so it's a tough call. I think anybody beats Rob, to be honest, but who knows? I mean, you, you, you'll never know. So at the, I mean, at the finale, they did the whole like, if this happened, you know, did the whole like raise your hands thing, and uh, Sheehan <laughs> was the one who voted, who has like the four three vote for Rob in that case. So I guess the question, I think the question, I think all the votes lie the same way except for Sheehan, and I think it's really up to Sheehan at this point because we've seen how annoyed she gets with Jenna, mm-hmm. and I think she generally did respect Rob's game, so it, it all comes down to what she wants. Well, you have to keep in mind that if Rupert's the Jenna's in the final two, Rupert's on the jury, and Rupert and Jenna were tight, so Rupert could that's vote true. for Jenna. And again, those polls at the reunion shows are such a crock because that's up yeah. after the people have watched the episodes and seen all the confessionals, so it's it's totally different. We'll put it this way: Alicia's voting for Jenna, Lex is voting for Jenna, Rupert's voting for Jenna, so she needs one more. And you know, Kathy does vote for Rob over Amber. Does Kathy vote for Rob over Jenna? We don't know. Because then you have to realize Amber's on the jury, and Amber might have got screwed over by Rob. I mean, how did she end up on that jury? You don't know what's going to happen. She's voting, for, she's voting for Rob. Come she on. is, unless he cut her throat. He's not cutting her throat. I'm just, I'm just saying. If, if no, she's he's there, not cutting a... her throat. That's not, that's not within the realm of possibilities. If you're saying if Rob is going up against Jenna, you're saying there's an immunity something or other. Yeah, I mean, unless Rob won't. Okay, never mind. You're right. You're, you're not. Don't don't even give me the unless Rob totally screws over Amber. It's like he wasn't. Yes. 
Okay, so the first part of that question, the uh, do, do you think Rob gained some uh, jury good trust by voting out Sheehan first over Lex? I think it makes things five times worse, just because we have to look again at the at the uh, the, the episode eight of Survivor Africa, and you see what happens when Lex is on the wrong side of a vote after he shows sure that he's or not, not even on the wrong side of a vote after he some one vote doesn't go his way he gets one additional vote and he goes crazy i still think that part of lex's personality still lies you know deep within him had rob decided to just turn on them and vote off Sheehan, i think it, it would have been it would have lex would have thrown a huge shit storm and i think that could have actually possibly made things worse if you're eliminating lex now you're eliminating him from the game you're not letting him scheme and talk to other people it's the perfect way to get rid of a threat yeah, it's a good argument. I don't know if I agree with it. That's a good argument, though. Well, what's your argument against? Well, just you placate Lex and say, okay, well, I, I saved you. Uh, look out what, what was Rob's exact words or Lex's, the, the exact promise. If you take care of Kara, I'll take care of you. So he takes care of him for one vote. And he's like, look, I don't have the numbers anymore. I can't protect you anymore. Sorry. I mean, I, it's possible. Who knows? Again, this is one of those theoreticals. There's no way to know. There's no way to know, but I don't think that voting out Sheehan and keeping Lex around and then just snaking him the next time is placating him. Yeah. I think he's still pissed. All right. I have an excellent question here. This is, this is from a fan named Jeremy Berman, who I've, I've sparred with for several years about Survivor. And we, we usually don't agree about the show, but he's absolutely one of the smartest Survivor fans I've ever met. So I want to read his question because it's kind of a gut punch of a question here. Okay, here we go. Get ready for this one. Do you think that All-Stars was the natural conclusion of the social experiment that is Survivor? Was it either this horrific explosion of the concept or a slow decline into irrelevance? I know you hate All-Stars because it represents the end of the show you fell in love with, but I love it because it took this experiment we've been watching for seven seasons and it completely fucked with it, tearing apart friendships forever. I think it was the natural conclusion to the first seven seasons. Every season since then has just been a great game show. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck you, Jeremy, you idiot. No, it's, it's, I read that question a couple days ago, and I'm like, it's an interesting way to look at All-Stars. It was the natural conclusion of the first seven seasons, and Survivor was going to crash and burn eventually on its own success. And wasn't it just great to see it go out in one great blaze of glory, and it kind of starts up again the next season? It's just a game show. There's no more emotion, no social experiment. Now it's just strategy and game after that. But and I again, don't, it's, I don't I, think I, that's true. It doesn't make me hate All-Stars any less, but it is an interesting way to look at it. It's an interesting way to look at it, and, and there's legitimacy there, but the ratings don't dive after All-Stars, you know? Yeah. Like, there's no empirical evidence. Like, now you're just talking thematically, it completely shifts after All-Stars, and I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, I think that the seasons uh, that that go past All-Stars of Vanuatu, Palau, and, and Guatemala are pretty decent seasons. Um, I don't like Guatemala for other reasons, but it's a pretty solid season of Survivor and the ratings are still pretty good. So like there is no like the dive doesn't happen right after All Stars. Like if it was like the end of this one thing and then going into another thing, there would be other evidence to kind of back that up. And there isn't. It's just then a feeling you have. And, you know, a lot of people categorize the first seven seasons of Survivor as like the golden era and then All-Stars happened. It's like, that's stuff that we've done after the fact, you yeah. know? And, and that's cool, 
that, that, you know, we had the seven seasons and we had all stars. It's a nice way to sort of cap those seven seasons because the all stars was just pooling from that. And then, you know, it moves on. And then even Micronesia, they're pulling people from, you know, the first seven seasons as well as nine through 15. But like, you know, that's all just stuff we've done after the fact to sort of categorize the show. It's not really what was happening at the time. Yeah. Does what that about make sense you? Or am I being weird? No, I think you're right. It's just this is an interesting topic. What about yeah. you, Temp? Uh, I mean, that's it's tough because I think I think, and this is what this whole podcast is about. It's about us, the sentimental value behind these early seasons. But I think, I well, I think I'm I mean I'm going to take like the Economist answer answer and say it depends. I think. That for a lot of people, for a lot of people that are obviously very affiliated with the with the fan with the fandom during these first few seasons, it was kind of a game changer in that like it wasn't necessarily about like Richard the gay corporate man bonding with Rudy the hardened Navy SEAL, but it was it was never really like that after the first season anyway. These first seven seasons were all about how malleable production was you know the the people a lot of people have said that like you know modern survivor is a different completely different animal than it was in the early seasons which is true but that's from a series of transitional processes how over time people production has kind of changed the way they edit or changed the way they do things a little bit every season so they have what they have now so it's not to say that like the first seven seasons are like the wholly virginal untouched survivor seasons i mean you know they have you have things like the outcasts even even at the time things like switches were were people were complaining that it was too like outside of the game outside of the original concept of the season if you could argue that there was like a point when like the experiment got quote-unquote fucked up it was season two when everyone kind of got more meta and realized like oh we're on this reality show we're going to become big stars the cameras are here we need to kind of appease them. So I wouldn't say that All-Stars is necessarily the end of an era, nor is it like this big moment where everything got shot to sunshine. I would say that it, it was just another season where things had changed a little bit. Gameplay had changed a little bit, and people who saw the seasons changed their gameplay from that. And it was just another season at the end of the day. All right, let's do a couple more here. Uh, here's a good one. Uh, let's see. Okay, from Jericho McCune. If Rob and Amber hadn't still been together at the reunion, how do you think the audience would have received Rob? How do you think they would have reacted to Amber's win? That's, that's an interesting question. I like that one. Not as well, Jericho. Not as well. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's that, that, that uh, proposal definitely made Amber a lot more exciting to people. I will say that. Yeah, yeah. and I think we, we, t- we talked about again how the proposal was a great kind of distraction from the wishy-washy negative ending of All-Stars. And I think without that happening, or perhaps even being more negative by having the the main couple, the main storyline of the season break up, I think that heaps a lot more trouble onto the season than what it was worth. All right, uh, from Tomoe Tamayuchi, she says... Did Sue Hawk demand or receive any sort of compensation from CBS to avoid a lawsuit because she was sharing good spirits at the reunion? <laughs> I, I don't, I've never heard anything about that, but that's just a funny observation. I, when I watch the reunion, I have to look for that. She got the makeover from Extra. 
That was what she was happy about. She played through the pain. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here, here's a good one from John DeBono. What happens to All-Stars and Survivor's legacy if Lex's alliance prevails in All-Stars? On paper, Lex or Kathy is a more satisfying winner than Amber, but an already polarizing character like Lex would have been destroyed by the Internet if they learned about the pregame alliance nine or ten years ago. Is it possible that the reaction to Lex conspiring outside the game and winning would have tainted people's view of Survivor even worse than the final product of All-Stars? Yeah, it's a universe where Lex wins All-Stars is really not a, really a better universe, to be honest. I mean, the fans didn't like Amber winning, and they wouldn't have liked Lex winning anymore. It's just, it's, Lex is just one of those, you, people root for him, but when he really succeeds, I don't think they really want him to succeed. He just, he doesn't really go over well with the audience. So I think it might have been even worse if Lex had won, to be honest. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, do you think that, we talked about how Lex obviously wouldn't take Kathy to the end. Do you think Kathy would have gotten wise and tried to get some boards together to get Lex out for the end? I think so. She's a businesswoman, as she says many, many times, and that's not good business to go up against Lex in the end. Lex has a lot of friends in Survivor. Yeah, so there's, so there's a, a good chance that had Lex's alliance prevailed, he might not have even got to the end of the first place. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's do, you guys, should we do three more? Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm trying to find good ones here that we haven't already talked about. Let's see. Uh, would you call the, this is from Adam Patterson. Would you call the episode where the Rob and Lex fallout happens your single least favorite episode in Survivor history, given how much you hate All-Stars? Does that episode basically represent why you hate All-Stars? I'm not no. sure if that's my least favorite episode of All-Stars. I mean, there's a lot I don't like in All-Stars, so it's tough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I talked about this earlier. I think the finale just is the best representation of all the, all the bad things that All-Stars had. Yeah, yep. I mean, th- there's some entertaining stuff. Not much, but there's some entertaining stuff in that episode. I mean, uh, there's that. I mean, the Robin Lex thing, it's not good. Uh, Adam, it's, it's, it's not good. It's, it's, and it ain't great. But, you know, that, that finale, like I just, I literally, I, I turned it off, Adam, on, on a rewatch just recently. I literally got about halfway through it and just said, I'm done. I can't watch it anymore. I mean, I picked it back up, but that's, that's rare for me to just, I'm able to turn off a Survivor episode and walk away. Yep, no, I agree with that. The, the Rob and Lex episode I absolutely hate. And again, I, it's it's not the, the Rob-Lex stuff that I hate so much as that necklace thing with Kathy at the end that's just so gratuitous and just mean. Um, but again, at least stuff happens in that episode. There's other episodes in the season that are just worse. So, I mean, I hate lots of stuff about All-Stars. I'm not sure I could pick one moment more than any other. All right, I got three more good ones here. We'll finish with these three. Big Tom, this is from Jericho McCune again. Big Tom's boot he wants to write about. Considering that Tom placed so well in All Stars, why doesn't Big Tom Buchanan get more love? Until Amanda, he'd have the record for most days played. And if it wasn't for his enormous mistake at Final Five in All Stars, he probably could have improved on his previous fourth place finish. Consider that he got the boot in Africa partially because of a production mistake. He nearly played two full seasons without a major stumble. Why isn't Big Tom seen as one of the greatest to never win? <laughs> Did you see him the last couple episodes of All Stars? That's why. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's just it's, no one really wants to live in a universe where Tom is this amazing Survivor mastermind. That's what I think. Yeah. Well, I think nowadays, especially since the show is mostly about strategy, people are honoring these best players as the one who are the best at strategy. Tom is a great character. He's an absolutely fantastic character. We've been we've been quoting him all night. But 
when you think Big Tom, you don't necessarily think great strategic player. You think great survivor character, and that doesn't necessarily uh, that's not necessarily synonymous. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's a lot of things that go on in Survivor, and uh, everyone usually is interested in how to win Survivor. But there are other things at stake. I mean, there there are certain personalities or certain things you can do to go far in Survivor, not necessarily win, but to go far. And I think that someone like Katie in Palau is sort of the archetype. Like, Katie can get to the end of a season almost every time she plays. She's never going to win, but you can get to the end. And it's where you, you know, hook up with a power alliance and, you know, be bad at challenges and don't really majorly ruffle any feathers and, you know, be that free vote. And it's like, in a way, Tom is kind of that, right? Like, Tom doesn't, is, you know, he won an immunity in Africa, and I think he, he won an immunity in All-Stars, but he didn't win a lot. He's not the biggest threat for rewards. He's not the most terrible person around camp because he's lively and he does work. And, you know, he's just a vote for you. You know, he's not driving anything. And so, you know, he's not going to ruffle any feathers. That's a recipe for going far in Survivor. It's not necessarily a recipe for winning, but, you know, it's a recipe for going far. Yep. Russell got to the end, too. Let's point that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is from Outplea. He writes, I wasn't following the Survivor Internet world during All-Stars, but I have heard that Jeff Varner spoiled the season. Is this, tr- is this true, and how much did he spoil, and where did he do it? No. Yeah. He, well, Jeff Varner, what? To answer, the last, to answer the last question, he was hiding behind a tree the entire time. <laughs> yeah. No, a lot of people ask this question, and again, this is one that a lot of fans who weren't there at the time, they don't know this. So I will let Jay. Jay probably knows more about this one than I do. No, I don't. All right. <laughs> yes, Jeff Varner spoiled pretty much the entire season. <laughs> and there's been speculation over the years that he was bitter, that they didn't cast him. So he basically, I think, was he writing for Extra or yeah, something? One of those, he was yeah, writing for TV, someone. TV Guide or something, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so he wrote his predictions, and he just threw out all these random predictions. Like, he, he suspects that Rob and Amber are going to become a couple, and he thinks they're going to get very far. And and uh, he had, like, people quitting. He predicted the quits, too. And and. It was it was right down to the letter. He predicted almost everything that happened in All Stars, and it was very blatant. And again, over the years, people have theorized that he was mad that he wasn't cast, and that's why he did it. But yeah, Varner was eventually banned from going to Survivor events because of this, because it was a very blatant spoil of the season. And I was fortunate in my personal experience. I didn't run across it at the time. I, I was so good at staying away from spoilers. I didn't hear about it until later. But yeah, it was it was quite the story at the time. I think. Anything more did I miss? Nope. Mm-mm. Well, he did. Apparently, he did kind of spoil Philippines as well because he's appeared on podcasts as well. So he's he's uh he knows no bounds to it. specifically when people from his season are on. He uh he tends to know a lot about those seasons, so <laughs> he's still in the game. Yeah, and I think I mentioned during our Amazon podcast, he totally spoiled Rob Sesternino and Amazon for me. Just. Within two minutes of me and Mert, Mert's talking to him, he spoiled that there was this guy who was awesome and was killing everybody. So, yeah, he's, he's widely known for uh, spoiling. All right, our last question. This is a good one from Nur Sultan. Nur Sultan. He writes, there have been only two full All-Star seasons, All-Stars and Heroes versus Villains. Why do you think the reception for those seasons was so different? Well, there are people who love All-Stars. There are just as many people who absolutely loathe it. Yet, Heroes vs. Villains is widely considered as one of the best seasons ever. Does it have anything to do with the fact that All-Stars has destroyed more reputation than Heroes vs. Villains? So just, just curious why, why the reaction to the two is so different. To me, it's really 
a simple answer. Just Survivor was a bigger deal during All Stars. Like, not that many care- people cared about it as much during Heroes versus Villains. So it's kind of a cute little season to get all the players back. But All Stars was really still kind of life and death for a lot of people that we're gonna make. I mean, we're gonna make a lot of money and become major media media figures for winning Survivor. So that's my answer. Just one was a really big deal and it was life and death, and the other one really wasn't anymore. Yeah, I think I think Heroes versus Villains also has a lot less uh, icky events. You know. Like we talked about in the past, these people aren't really... Some of them are friends. Some of them have played with each other. A lot of them haven't. Uh, a lot of them are kind of meeting each other for the first time, have only heard about each other. So you don't have a lot of moments of Jenna Lewis saying, we need to get the winners out first. You don't have Lex and Boston Rob moments. You don't have Tom saying, don't be stupid, stupid. You have... Granted, it wasn't too... too watching Russell kind of, you know, shame all these people wasn't really that fun to watch but i think it was it was on a a much nicer level than what all stars did and, and all stars definitely shot down the reputations of a lot of these major characters more than they did in uh, heroes versus villains yeah you, you always have to remember that survivor all stars had twice as many people watching it than heroes versus villains it was a bigger deal it was a smaller pool of survivors who all knew each other pretty well and you know, Heroes vs. Villains has the advantage of a lot of things. One, it has the advantage of Survivor not being as big a deal as Survivor All-Stars. It has the advantage of the fact that these people have seen All-Star seasons, and they've happened, and so they, they, they can sort of base their emotions on that. It has the advantage that, that Mike said, that, you know, by the time Heroes vs. Villains rolls around, instead of having a pool of, like, you know... 40 survivors, 40 legitimate survivors that you can get for the show, you've got a pool of hundreds of survivors that could be on this show. So, you know, there's less pressure all around. And I don't think that they did any uh, uh, manipulating with the prize money or anything like that. And so they, they just went out there to play, you know, and, and, and you know, the game had evolved to a point where, yeah, emotions always run high, but I think they were out there just to play, you know, and uh, it was just a different feel to it altogether. And uh, with that, we are officially done with All Stars. We oh have my made God. it through an All Stars podcast. Oh my God! With a temp, nonetheless. Yay! Temp. Hey, you did a good job. You did well, a... temp. Yeah, you did Aww, well. Thanks. In fact, I, I now think when Paul comes back, we might go to a four-person podcast. I think oh, that would that's, be a that's fun just, dynamic. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, four people. Are you kidding me? That'll well, never we work. C- we could cut you. Yeah, well, I, that's that's an eventuality. I, I'm prepared for that. No, I just want to say thank you guys for holding my hand and getting me through All Stars because this was a very painful moment for having to talk about I told about this. you we'd get through it. <laughs> this shit heap of a season. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oh, my God, we're going to do Vanuatu. <laughs> we're about to do Vanuatu, Palau, and Guatemala, which even though they're – I don't love all three of those seasons. There's some fantastic things in all three of them. Yeah, I'm I'm – Super excited! Vanuatu is one of the only seasons that I haven't rewatched yet. And when I when I watched it, I was totally in the the girl power train. So I remember not looking <laughs> well on that season at the end. But I'm so having taken some time and appreciating Chris's game now. I'm so excited to go back and just take a look <laughs> at it all again. It, it holds up. It holds up so well, Mike. You're gonna love watching it again. Oh, that's right fantastic! Now. Yeah, there's no season that's better on a rewatch than Vanuatu. Oh, in yeah. fact, I'm just gonna. I'll just give a little teaser here that. Again, we have a lot of listeners and people write about this, about, write us about this all the time that they really are fascinated to see what the reaction to seasons were. If you guys were not there during Vanuatu, 
you are going to be shocked at how unpopular that season was. I mean, I am not lying here. Chris Doherty was such an unpopular winner, he could not give his autograph away. He would go to uh, conventions and stuff, and people would just curse him out. And I will tell you, this is no exaggeration. I spent three years, personally, trying to get Chris to get an interview on Rob Has a Podcast a couple years ago. Rob wouldn't do it because Chris was not a big enough survivor player, and Rob was worried his audience wouldn't care about him. I mean, this was Chris's reputation. I had to work for three years to get this guy an interview. He had never done an interview. He would go to conventions. People would curse him out. Like, I would talk to his wife, Lori. She's like, I don't understand. Everyone hates Chris. He's by far the least popular survivor winner ever. So a lot has changed over the years. You guys will be shocked at how unpopular this season was at the time. Which is a shame because it is so good. It's terrible. It's such a good. It is such a good season. I loved it at the time, and I was in the minority in that sense. I loved it, and you know, Palau is going to be great when we get to it. I mean, Palau, I think, is a really solid season all around. And Guatemala, Jeremy, your question earlier about you know just totally you know dynamic changing seasons. I would argue that Guatemala is that season. Yep. Guatemala is exactly what you said. Like I totally agreed with you, Jeremy. I was totally with you. Guatemala is the season, not all stars like that's the ratings dip really tragically around that season. And that's the season where we get returnees with newbies that's screwing up the game irreparably in my in my opinion like that, you know, and it's a it's a it's a season of survivor that, you know, some people like and some people don't. But like to me, that's the screw up season is Guatemala. I just realized we haven't even talked about Stephanie yet. We have two seasons of Stephanie coming. We have two seasons of Uh, Stephanie. We have Gary Hogaboom. (laughs) Gary Hawkins? Yes. Gary Hawkins. No, they're different guys. They're different guys. But, I mean, we've got, again, let's not overlook. I I love Vanuatu to death. It is such a good season. I cannot wait to get into it. Do you have any good impressions lined up? I really need to think about it, but I'm sure I can find something. I have to work on my Chris because Chris, he talks a lot like Bill Paxton, the actor. Yep. So if you just, that's one thing. But the one I've, I've been waiting to break out is my Rory. Rory's a good uh, one. Yes. I haven't done it in a while, but he, he's got a real nerdy voice. So he's like, you fellas, that's just bull crap. That's classless, you fellas. So we'll, we'll get Rory going here soon. You know, I think, I think if, I, if, if, I, if I rewatch it again, I think I could probably bring Scout to this piece. Oh, <laughs> uh, perfect. It'll be good. So Mike, you can do, uh, we'll give you someone like Brady. All right, I can do. I can do John. I can do John P. We got Amber. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and more talk about Amber. Perfect. That's a perfect lead-in. Oh, one thing I have to say is that I was I was a survivor writer for about five years. Where Wait, I had a, you were? I know, but I, th- this is a very sad moment because All Stars was the last season I wrote about. So I will have far less inside stuff or trivia behind the scenes stuff about the seasons now. So. I, I feel bad that All-Stars is the one I had to go out on because starting now, I'm just kind of a civilian where I just kind of know what most people know. So stay tuned, folks, for the Survivor Historians Vanuatu, where myself and Mike Bloom will be talking about Survivor along with Private Citizen Lanza. Exactly. I'll just be doing Rory impressions. That's classless, Jay Fisher. Look, Um, look, you can't do that to me. I'm a grown-ass man. I will do what I need. Who can find his little crack. Yes. Although, again, I will point out what I mentioned earlier that I had one last blaze of glory where I was basically Rafe's biographer in Guatemala, where he just came out of the season and said, here's all everything that happened. Please write my story and make me popular among the fans. So I have a lot to talk about with Guatemala. But otherwise, yes, I will have far less insider stuff now. Hey, Mike, Mike, Mike. Yeah. Think of the merge. Wait, I don't understand without hand signals, Jay. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna have to start working on my Chris impressions because there's a lot to do with him. Oh, He's a very gosh. distinct, very distinct speaking style. And I'll also say this, and I'll say it again, and I've said it before on the podcast, and I know I'm absolutely alone in this, and I don't care. I think that Vanuatu's got the best theme music. I love it to death. I'm just it's saying. Jay with the hard, hard-hitting opinions. Hard-hitting opinions. It's, it's super <laughs> important that you know that, too. But, you know, so let me say, just when you go back and watch the season, folks, if, you, if you're following along at home with the Survivor Historians and you're going to watch Vanuatu next, I mean, just the intro is good. It's so full of energy and all that stuff. I mean, it, this was when Survivor was going places, right? Like, we're going to Vanuatu, the Islands of Fire, you know? It's like somewhere different, somewhere new. It's, it was just great. All right, I think that's it. I think we just uh, buried All-Stars more completely than a Survivor producer's wife in Mexico. Wow. That's right. That's right. We're going to end on a tasteless joke. Wow. Boy. <laughs> no one's listening. That's fine. We have no audience. It's cool. <laughs> Is that like that major league with the, ah, don't worry, no one's <laughs> yeah, listening anyway. Exactly. That's right. The corner and missed. All right. Uh, so good job, Temp, and uh, we will ca- cordially invite you along to the next season as well. Good job. All right. I'll gladly take that offer. All right. And I think that's it. Uh, Once again, uh, for the Survivor Historians, I am Mario Lanza. I'm Jay Fisher. And I'm Mike Bloom. Thank you again for listening. If you have any comments, please write us at survivorhistorians at gmail.com. And until we get on to talking about Vanuatu, just keep on pushing through the pain. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. I've got to say something, okay? This whole thing is making me so sick. Okay. You know what? We've got 2,000 okay, armchair survivors out there. No, I've got to say no. something. Say it. This show is a show about entertainment. This entertainment is coming at a price. What it has cost us, our friendships, our feelings, our pain, our suffering. Wait, Jerry. In- our entertainment. Hang on. It's cost some of you friendships. We all signed up for it. Let's hear what these guys have to say.